On today's show, the final trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is here, and it's glorious. Kevin Feige continues his march toward world domination, and Bob Iger calls out Martin Scorsese. All that, and much, much more, on episode 26 of the Hello Nerdy Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Hello Nerdy Podcast. Uh, I am Adam and that is Andy. Hello. And uh, here we are once again to talk about all of the things. Um, and it's funny because it seems to work like this, this, the sort of ebb and flow of these shows. One week, there's kind of not a whole lot to go on and we're sort of struggling for... We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. But then weeks like this come around. When there is just so much nonsense, <laughs> just an unbelievable level. If of If you look stuff, at the stuff. like lineup and like the the track listing on Spotify, you know it just goes like one and a half hours, two and a half hours, three and a half hours, one and a half hours. You know, like the whole listing. Yeah, of just it's like true. Each of the episodes or whatever. So you can basically tell how much we had to talk about in each <laughs> one. It's a hundred percent true. Um, so this one, this one could get lengthy. We'll see how it goes. I sure hope so. Yeah. Well. Yeah. With any luck. With any luck, it'll be lengthy. I but mean, we're going to be drinking beer the whole time, so... Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's why I brought so much of it. <clears throat> um, right. So, speaking of the beer, uh, this week, our beer comes to us from, I think we agree, one of the more underrated Twin yeah, Cities breweries. Totally. At, at a St. Paul called Tin Whiskers. Mm-hmm. Um, a very cool spot. Really nice tap room. Yeah. You know, very loungy. Yeah, it's a, it's a big space. It is a big space. Yeah, it's a really fun, like downtown st paul location close yeah. to a lot of good food yeah i was gonna say you were you were mentioning the good food options around there yeah yeah totally yeah good spot so uh this beer is called orange dream state it is a creamsicle cream ale with orange and vanilla um it's got a 3.86 on untapped so pretty popular amongst the peeps mm-hmm. um and i really like it i do too so we were we were talking about when we first cracked it open it's very orangey on the nose yeah but then it's very vanilla-y on the palate. Right. And it, I'm all for it. Yeah, totally. I mean, <clears throat> you d- I can definitely taste the cream ale-ness of this cream ale, right? Like, you know, the the flavor is just kind of light enough there. It's just subtle enough. But it's, like, nice and re- kind of refreshing at the same time. Um, like, one of my favorite cream ales is uh, New Glarus. So I oh, definitely yeah. get, like, or New Glarus Spotted Cow, I should say. But it's, like, a little bit of that. Um, maybe, but less on the, I guess, like punch in the in the in the back of your throat yeah and with this one it's almost like i was was saying before it's like kind of a visual psych out yeah because you look at the can and it's like super orange citrusy uh you know creamsicle looking and then you pour it and it looks like a melted orange creamsicle like it's very you know it just looks like you're gonna get a whole creamsicle flavor and it's just so subtle and nice and you get more of that vanilla in there yeah i expected it to be uh, a little hazier yeah maybe a little thicker when it came out of the sure. can yeah i was actually happy to see that it was more of a traditional cream ale. yeah i think you know my favorite cream ale right now is the castle danger night oh yeah ale. that's a good one yep Go and to. this kind of reminds me of it but mm. with Obviously, with the orange added mm-hmm. and more vanilla, yeah, like it's just more of the cream there. Yeah, and I feel like having it kind of more filtered is it makes it lighter. So it's just like a, a nicer way to just kind of enjoy, you know, your beer. I was saying it would be really good on a summer's day. Oh, uh, perfect summer beer, especially yeah. now that it's thirty-two degrees here. <laughs> <clears throat> let us let us reminisce. I gotta reminisce. Days of days of old. Yeah. So when highly the sun re- was still up. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> I miss you, son. Come back to us soon. 
So yeah, highly recommended. Um, and the, the brewery also, if you if you find yourself in St. Paul, definitely hit Tin Whiskers for a beer. Yeah, go do it. All right, cheers, sir. Cheers. Reach across this long table. Whoa. All right. So, like I said, uh, so much happened since the last time we talked. Um, and the last time we talked, one of the things that we brought up <coughs> was the forthcoming uh, Star Wars trailer, the final trailer. The uh, if final countdown. <laughs> um, if you don't count the what will probably there'll probably be an international trailer yeah. that will probably have some other stuff in it. Yep. But for the purposes of the United States market, this was the final trailer. Now, I. Uh, had heard a rumor that we talked about it on the last show that it was going to be out on the 14th yep. of October. It actually came out on the 21st of October. Um, Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Um, funny story. I don't know why I did this, mostly because I was just anxious to get tickets. I was on the the AMC app yeah. and Fandango like very early on in the game thinking, well, the tickets won't go on sale until halftime until they show the actual trailer. Lo and behold, and unbeknownst to almost everybody, it seemed like, the tickets went on sale like sort of midway through the first quarter yeah. with like no announcement. I know. The, nobody said anything. Like it just, they were just randomly sneaky, up for sale. Very Super sneaky. sneaky. So um, I, I think the last time around for The Last Jedi, because there was such a rush on these tickets, and there was a huge rush on these tickets, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, I think we ended up having to get like a like an 8.30 or 9 o'clock show. It wasn't the very sure. first showing. That's cool. Um, this time around, because I just ha- lucked out, I got us very first show Yep. at our local AMC in the Dolby Theater. Bless so. you. Bless you, kind sir. So, yeah, very, very stoked about that. Can't wait for this thing to come out. Um, <clears throat> and what we're going to do here is I, we're, let's, we're going to talk through this whole trailer. Let's do it. Kind of review the whole thing. And this will essentially serve as our giant-sized topic of the week. Sweet. Um, because... There was a lot to unpack it's a here. Giant trailer. It was a giant. There was a lot <laughs> happening there. There was a there was a lot of stuff. I, how many times do you think you've seen it? Um, I watched it immediately like five times in a row with like varying degrees of um, uh, how should I say? Um, like the quality of the video was okay. varying degrees. So I kind of like. I watched it first, and it was like a live stream of the video, and then they finally put it up like a minute later. So I watched it in kind of a different, a couple of different ways than like on my phone and you know my laptop, whatever. So, um, but each time I feel like I picked up something different. Yep, same. You know? Like even if it was like a little thing, and then of course reading all of the uh, the other reactions and seeing what other people were pointing out in it. Um, yeah, I think I guess, I, I guess like as a total at this point, I've probably watched it like ten times or yeah. something. But and uh, sort of first impressions of it. Oh my god, I you know I I feel like after watching the last trailer or even last two trailers, I've been really holding my hopes in check. You know, I've been like keeping myself at this place of like, you know what, I'm you know I'm excited to see it, but I'm not going to get my hopes up that this is going to be the greatest movie I've ever seen, or that it's even going to be the greatest Star Wars movie that I've ever seen, and. This trailer totally like blew me out of the water. Yeah. So first off, uh, props to the trailer folks who made this an amazing trailer. Yeah, the Lucasfilm trailer trailer people are oh absolutely the best God. in the business. Just crushing it. <clears throat> Just crushing it. Like there's there's plenty of things that people called out immediately um, that psyched me up for it. But I think like the tone that was set, the music, the way that was done, um, the clips that they chose to show, that made it it made it a lot more of an uplifting, like hopeful. Star Wars, a new hope, if you will, <laughs> um, for for like that Star Wars feeling. So yeah, my my uh, re- my uh, 
I guess, taming my you know enthusiasm or anticipation for this film uh, has gone completely out the window, <laughs> and now I'm just totally psyched. Awesome. So, yeah. I feel very similar. Um, I thought the best thing about it was that, and, and, and again, this is... This is the brilliance of the, particularly the Lucasfilm trailer team, but the Marvel team is also very good at this. Oh yeah, sure. Um, in they gave away nothing, right? They they've still they've, no answers. They find a way. <laughs> they find a way to make you crazy hype. And yet I'm way more. I have more questions now. Yes. Somehow I managed to have more questions yes. by the end of this trailer. Yes. And and honestly, they've been doing this. You know, I went back and I watched um, the trailers from the Phantom Menace on, and they've been doing nice. this since then. Yeah, I remember true. that first Phantom Menace trailer. Mm. That one, Kenobi? that one sticks through, sticks in my brain just because that one clip. Yeah, even that. Yeah, it just sticks in my brain because it, it was so intriguing. Oh yeah, you had no idea. Now, granted, it's obviously there's there were you know a decade plus of no Star Wars movies. You know, true. Um, in the you know in its wake, and so that excitement was always going to get me excited. Yeah, but. <clears throat> the you know they very easily could have sort of given away a lot of details mm-hmm. and they just did not yeah and and they do the same thing here and it's a it's a formula that have, works wonders for them they kind of showed you everything you needed to show right like they're like yes this movie is going to have a young obi-wan kenobi right yeah you know, that kind of and then there's this new character but also yoda's in it and then yeah. a very young anakin skywalker yep. so like that's kind of enough to get you intrigued right the rest of it is just kind of like oh that looks interesting yep um, and in this one, it's kind of the same, right? You see all of the characters that you know and love are going to be in it. Um, and then a lot of bonus stuff. I think, honestly, for me, the biggest, um, like, I guess that threw me over the threshold of, of excited, right, was more shots of, like, the space fights. Okay. The, the, the like, dog fights, the actual, <clears throat> like, you know, you see an entire set of x-wings and you see tie fighters and y-wings and b-wings like we got to glimpse them in the other trailers a little bit right and and just kind of see them that they're there but we didn't get to see them in action yeah and i think that's the biggest thing for me is like that's star wars yeah right like every other star wars film when i think about some of the best like oh yeah moments that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. So we'll get into the sh- we'll get into the, the individual shots here in a second. The one thing, other thing I wanted to bring up, going back to that Phantom Menace trailer, <clears throat> it's interesting to me. JJ used the same. Well, it, it happens to be the same device because the characters in both films. But he used the Emperor again. Yeah. If you remember that first Phantom Menace trailer, there is that mm-hmm. shot of I think it's a hologram. It's the hologram Emperor when he's right. not yet the Emperor. Yeah. And he says, "Wipe them out." Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And that, like, that, I remember that just, like, absolutely freaked me out seeing that first trailer. And in this one, you get the voiceover from Palpatine talking about, you know, your, anyways, we'll go, we're going to go through this. I'm going to cheat a little bit here and use the, um, comicbookresources.com is a great site for, for news, uh, nerdy news and all that kind of stuff. And they put together a nice sort of rundown of all the various shots. Um, these aren't in, direct order i don't think but i just want to run through them to talk about each one so um i the trailer opens <clears throat> with ray running through a forest planet apparently the planet's called ajon Kloss or ajon Kloss. okay so it's not the moon of endor okay which i think a lot of people thought it would be every forest planet is immediately endor because right. we haven't seen just like every snow planet is immediate, yeah, immediately immediately exactly off. Right. exactly um what i thought was really interesting in this shot was we'd seen her do the training thing before with the probe droid the, the training right. droid or whatever. A, yeah, we got to peek at that. Yeah. But uh, there's a there's a clip where she jumps across a canyon. Yeah. You know, of, of sorts. 
And when she lands, she's in the interior of a of a spaceship, kind of like in uh, in the Force Awakens when she's scavenging at the start yeah. of the movie. Yeah, it's sort of like Climbing that through like the inner inner kind of wreckage yeah. of a of a of a star destroyer. It's a really nice cut. It I love a, that. I love that sequence. Like it's a, a phenomenal way to start a trailer. Like, it is. I mean, that's a phenomenal way to start any kind of like film, movie, whatever. But a trailer it, it immediately grabs your attention. Yeah, and and it, what what was interesting to me was I, this seems to indicate for me at least that perhaps while she's training she gets into a bit of a deep sort of jedi mind state mm. and sort of i wouldn't say jumps between worlds necessarily but jumps in into a vision so to speak maybe yeah where she she's you know she's so hyper focused that she jumps she makes this leap and she lands and suddenly she's in a new place that's a really rad idea i think like the <clears throat> yeah like the um kind of I don't know the warrior quest thing um, that like be that like the thing that they have kind of had. In, well, no, I guess not in each of them, but uh, in the second one, especially like they focused a lot on her training with yeah. Luke or Luke being there while she's kind of like practicing and things. Um, giving the idea that it's like, okay, she's definitely trying to up her game. She's taking that. She's trying to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but there's so much of the stuff just in these last two films that we know is kind of like, Oh, that's not the forces we know it. Or that's this. They're showing us stuff that is like, Oh, I've never seen the force do that. Yeah. It feels very much like they're pulling from some of the things that you got glimpses of in clone wars and things that you saw quite a bit in rebels, Mm. particularly the world between worlds. Okay. And this idea that you can actually, the force will actually allow you to travel through time and space to a certain extent. Cool. Hopefully it's minimal. I yeah. don't know that I really want them to go that far in the. They're not going to end game it. Yeah, Avengers ex- end game exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. I don't want this to be a time heist gotcha. of any of yeah. any way. Yeah. But it is an interesting idea as you delve deeper into the forest and things that you've not seen before in live action. So it's really really interesting. The next, I think the next shot, um, it, it's it's just an establishing shot, and it's. It, it almost looks like a behind the scene shot. It almost doesn't look like a, a shot in the movie, mm. but there's, if you stare at it for long enough, there's so much going on here. And it's a shot of, uh, the resistance troops very much like, uh, when they're getting ready for the battle on Hoth mm-hmm. gathered around the leadership characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, in, 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 in empire strikes back, they're gathered around Leia. Yeah. She's giving them their directions and stuff. In this shot, you see, you can see Poe sort of, talking i don't know if he's giving directions or whatever he's doing lando is sitting there yep and based on comic book canon now admiral akbar's son oh is standing there cool so you've got all this like you know uh new resistance stuff happening but former uh rebel stuff happening and it's just a it's just a cool it's like getting ready for war shot i love it i really really love it they're gathering to hear the message before yeah. battle yeah I, it, everybody's looks very intense yeah on what's being said but so it's I, also like under the falcon yeah right yep they're like underneath um, the... i don't know if it's under the falcon or under another ship i think okay. it's under another ship. It, under another ship? it looks yeah. a little bit too big to be the falcon okay. but um and there is another ship in this trailer that happens actually very close to this shot i think 
um, and I'll just talk about it right now, but a lot of people are speculating it's the Tantive Four, which is the oh, yeah. first ship That's you right. see in the new, in A New Hope that That's comes right. over, flies over, being chased by the yep. Star Destroyer. Someone Princess Leia, C-3PO, and R2-D2 are all on. Yeah, some people are saying, I mean, because I think it used to be Star Wars canon that that ship was destroyed by the Empire, but really all we know was it was tractor beamed in and captured. Yep, that's we the last we see it. We have no idea what happened to it after that. Um, we get a really quick shot of Rose, um, who is obviously entrenched in this in this battle, and a very, very sh- uh, blurry uh, image of Dominic Moynihan. Yeah, I thought that was him. Yeah. I saw him in the background there, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's clearly Mary. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, and it looks like he's with uh, Billy Lord, so Carrie Fisher's daughter. Uh, who That's right, has yeah. played a part in these movies? So I don't know if they've got a relationship or what the what the deal is, but there it's we'll just kind of a out. it's an interesting shot. Um, I I'll be interesting to see how big of a role Dom, Dominic Moynihan plays. Yeah, um, I expected him to be a bigger character than just sort of a resistance fighter. Sure, but then again. You know, um, the the sort of friends of JJ thing mm-hmm. crops up again. That's and, right. He was on Lost. Yeah, he was on Lost, and so was um, oh, what's the actor's name? He's one of the X wing. He's one of the X wing pilots. Um, oh yeah, um, you know who I'm yes, talking about. I know exactly. But who you're talking his role about. isn't huge either. He just you know right. he knows JJ, he's so he's in there. a Star Wars movie, Star yeah. Wars movie, which is awesome for him. Um, maybe one of the three coolest shots in this whole thing is this classic Star Destroyer coming out of the ice. Yeah. On whatever this planet is, yeah, that is nuts, crazy sauce. Yeah. Like honestly, <laughs> yeah, I, it's like you see. There's, I feel like that. It kind of reminded me of like a submarine. Yes, you know, like shots of like submarines yeah. coming through the ice, things like that. Um, I yeah, I'm real curious what that's all about because like there's the, clearly like the storm happening and everything like that, but it's just this very um, powerful, energetic shot, right? Like. You, the silhouette of the Star Destroyer is kind of all you need because that shape is so yeah it's indistinguishable. Iconic. Yeah, people know it. Yeah, absolutely. And then so like all the rubble and everything falling off of it, you're just like what? Yeah. And if you and if you add this to the shots from well, one of the shots from the last trailer and another shot from this trailer, it's clear there is this hidden fleet of classic Star Destroyers out there somewhere. Interesting. Um, and this is obviously what seems to be at least the reveal of perhaps the first one, you know, this is just the establishing shot that, Oh my God, there's a huge fleet of these things um, coming out of this ice, which is just bananas. It's just, it's visually, it's just a gorgeous shot. Too. Yeah. Um, the lighting. I'm excited on it, to see that on the big screen. Yeah. The lighting on it is crazy. Um, <clears throat> another shot that has people going pretty nuts on the internet is this shot of, <laughs> All the rebel ships <laughs> sort so of cool. in hover. Yeah. And you see the Millennium Falcon sort of swoop down and sort of hover With in the middle. This classic round dish back on. Yep. The classic round dish. Exactly. It's right. So it's, you know, it's it comes down to sort of lead the fight, so to speak. Um, and just to the right of the picture, the left of the, the Millennium Falcon is the ghost from Rebels. Oh, um, nice. It remains to be seen if it's just uh, a the same type of ship yeah but it's definitely uh the whatever model the ship the ghost is it's definitely that model it would be super cool if there was amazing if you know how um they do the thing in all the space battles where they check in like red five standing by red if they checked in and it was one of the rebels characters in there oh it'd be great a great like you know connection between the show and and the movies absolutely it it would be super super cool anything like that no not really but you know it, the the thing that gets me excited most one of the things that gets me excited most about this is that 
because it's the last one of these nine. Yeah. It's everything is in play here. Mm-hmm. There's no point in holding anything back. Right. So if you were ever going to do some sort of a, you know, right. a wink and a nod to animated series mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. this is this the time is the to, do to do it. it. Yeah. yeah. I love, I just love the, um, like how condensed all the ships are in this shot. Like this is something that I don't feel like we've ever seen in a star Wars movie before. I mean, there's clearly lots of stuff we haven't seen in Star Wars movie before, but like for spaceships, uh, you know the 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 uh, yeah the, the the ships and and special effects and everything like that, um, it just looks like such a cool, it's such a cool thing. Like just the way that it's framed and how like all of them are so close together, but then yeah, just hovering there and then it just seems kind of like they go on and on like there's an endless yeah. almost like amount of them i think what stands out to me about that shot too is the um the various types of ships in the shot yeah it's not like two medical frigates right and oh there's a, an x-wing and a bunch of x-wings and another x-wing yeah this is like every kind of ship you could imagine yeah in the star wars universe you know sort right. of getting ready to do battle and it's just so cool looking um the next thing uh, on the list here is obviously we get another shot of Ray and she has a little bit of a voiceover in the trailer where she says, right. um, everyone thinks people, uh, people keep telling me they know me. And she says, no one does. And you see Kylo sort of come out of the, he's very wet. He's very wet in this trailer, <laughs> but at least he has all of his clothes. On. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's super wet. Um, but he comes out and you hear his voiceover that says, but I do, yep. you know, so there's, you know, we're definitely re- leaning into this, you know, as the internet likes to call it, Raylo thing going on here <laughs> yeah. with these two. Um, and there are other shots that, that People Magazine is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are other shots in this in this trailer that suggest a, a Ray and Kylo team up. So that's true. We'll see. They're obviously going to fight at some point here. Yup. Um, but or something. Maybe all of these shots are fake and we have no idea what's gonna happen yeah you know i I guarantee there's at least one or two of these shots that are very heavily digitally enhanced or things have been taken out Mm -hmm. so as not to ruin anything Mm -hmm. um and also in this in this sequence you see um uh finn come running down that's right um i i I think that finn is gonna die (gasps) i think finn's i think finn's gonna die in this one yeah um how he has well so he has the opening he has the opening lines in the trailer talking about um, the force bringing them together and things like that. Yes. I think we might find out that he's force sensitive. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I think, I think he might go out fighting the Knights of Ren. Ooh. That I don't sounds know. Interesting. A lot of people, I think initially thought Poe was the one that would probably go. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think it's going to be... F- I think the emotional weight of Finn going would be the thing that could really help this. That's interesting. I I don't know. I guess I kind of thought Ray was going to go, if anybody. Or Kylo, I guess. Mm. But, yeah, that's a good point. C-3PO is probably going to go. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> all the, fe- all oh, the feels. All uh, the feels on that. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of uh, the shots that made it look like uh, Ray and Kylo might be working together. Yeah. This one has people so Everyone's confused. just dissecting the hell out of this shot. Yeah, so confused. So I was, and admittedly, I was re-watching this specific shot over and over and Frame over. by frame. Yeah. Yep, I was doing the same thing. So, you're in what looks like a 
like a room on Bespin. Yeah, Cloud it's City. Cloud City, very Orlando yeah. has his gas empire. <laughs> his, that he yeah. won in a card game. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's where you where they are on uh, in Empire Strikes Back. Right? Yeah, where Luke fights Vader. The classic moment where Vader reveals that he's Luke's father, and then Han gets turned into Carbonite. Like this, very much looks like Bespin to me. It does. So one of the theories I've heard on this that I really I like. Is this idea that, um, you know, after uh, Empire Strikes Back, when the Empire comes and essentially annexes Cloud City, they just take it over. Yeah, that's right. um, That it got abandoned by the Empire and Kylo now uses it to like collect his Sith artifacts. Ooh, I like that. He like uses it, you know, like uh, Darth had Mustafar. Yeah. But Kylo has Cloud City as this place that's like derelict essentially and it would kind of make sense in the in that he because of his like vader worship mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> the level to which he goes um and then maybe also why they chose to pull that specific like scene um into ray's like vision from force awakens right um because they're i mean you could pick so many different areas of the original trilogy to throw her into but they picked that specific part. Yeah. And I guess at the time it just kind of seemed like, well, yeah, because it's Vader and Luke's lightsaber, right? So it kind of makes sense that it would be there. And that's the last time we see it. Yes. So, yes. But maybe there's deeper meaning there. Who knows? Who knows? So in the shot, they they appear to be working together, Ray and Kylo. It looks that way. To break some sort of a pedestal or a statue of some sort um, in really, really slow motion, it does kind of look like Darth Vader's old mask. Oh, yeah. As it turns, mm-hmm. you can clearly see the silhouette yeah. of Vader's helmet. Yeah. I do wonder if this is one of the digital things that they might have done. Maybe. We'll see. Um, the other very intriguing part of this shot is that in Ray's left hand, she is holding a dagger. Right. And oh, Sorry. You're right. Left. <laughs> Yes, correct. Um, and and that has the internet buzzing also because uh, the dagger. So there's a very famous weapon from the Clone Wars uh, called the Dagger of Mortis. So there is a three episode arc in the Clone Wars where Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka go to they meet the like the trio of Force. I want to call them ghosts, Force spirits, maybe, and. Um, it's, it's, uh, a father, son, daughter situation where the father is, ba- is, is charged with keeping balance between the son who is chaos and the daughter who is peace in the force. Interesting. Right. And, uh, the, the daughter, like, so there's this, there's this dagger of mortis that they use, um, uh, the the son wants to get this dagger to kill the daughter so chaos can reign via the force kind of a thing. The dark side. Um, so it, you'd have to go watch the episodes. <laughs> it's very this is this is what I was talking about how the 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 anime or the Clone Wars show and Rebels yeah. gets into some stuff that I don't know that they have to really get into so much. Sure. Um, but it would be enough to nod at it by saying that, yes, this is the Dagger of Mortis. You don't have to explain anything yeah, else. Nothing else needs to be said. But if you call it that, yeah. a certain segment of the Star Wars fandom will go, holy what? what? So it would make sense because those shows are canon. Yeah, um, that's true. So I'm going to read a little bit of this because 
it's it's interesting. So, uh, so it says the mini arc is a metaphor. Uh, this is talking about the Clone Wars thing. The mini arc is a metaphor. The son is the dark, the daughter is the light, while the father keeps his two quarrelsome children in balance. However, aware that he has reached his last days, the father needs the prophetical chosen one, Anakin, to maintain this balance when he's gone. Um, and so Anakin refuses to do the job. <laughs> so the daughter, the light side daughter, tries to take it into her own hands, and she takes Obi-Wan to the altar of Mortis, where the dagger is there, and it's the only thing that can kill the son. And the son knows this. So <clears throat> so there's there's this uh, race to get this dagger between the, the son and the daughter of the, of the Force, essentially. It's interesting that Anakin is the one to refuse to do it in that situation when he ultimately becomes the one to bring balance. Or at least supposedly, supposedly yeah. at the end of Return of the Jedi, right? Because mm-hmm. that was the whole point or that was the whole kind of like build up of how like Anakin actually was the chosen one even right. though he fell to the dark side right it's interesting I, I do I de- I'm like there's so much of the Clone Wars and Rebels I've never I've just there's so much of it I haven't seen yeah um, but I'm so curious about it especially now that it's peeking up more in the movies you yeah. know and there's some something kind of making it more real I guess yeah and in that episode the uh, in those episodes the dagger disappears so there's you no, just never see it again. you just never see it again. So there's no sort of uh, conclusion to that, which means it's one of those things they could easily bring in huh. as something that Kylo found, you know, I wonder if that's like, oh, okay, think of this because they never explain how Luke's lightsaber ends up in Maz Kanata's basement. They do not. So what if Kylo went there to Bespin, right, mm-hmm. to establish his uh, collection of artifacts right right and the first artifact that he establishes is luke's lightsaber because it's already there right and nobody else finds it right like luke obviously doesn't go back for it vader's not looking for it it's just at the bottom of whatever and then there's some kind of event where maz kanata breaks into bespin and like steals it back or or just steals it sure along with I guess Obi-Wan's chest or something. Sure. Or maybe she just already had a bunch of other stuff and she was just like, eh. yeah. Cause you know, we all know that Maz is, is just a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people who own bars. Yeah. Hoarders. <laughs> look at that room. Like, you look in that room where she finds like Obi-Wan's chest and the <laughs> lightsaber. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That'd be, uh, that's interesting. I like the idea of it being like, yeah, his kind of like museum. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too, the thing that kind of, for me at least, lends a little credence to that is if you know anything about the Star Wars uh, comic books and the, the stories that have been told there, um, it's well known that Palpatine was gathering Sith artifacts that's himself. Right. That's so right. He, he already was, had a hold on. He had a, he had a huge treasure, treasure cho- trove of, was that was that happening even before he became emperor? Yeah, that yeah. was yes, it was so happening like, while well, he was still like Sith and all yeah. that. Yep, exactly. So it was it was uh, a, a pastime of his, if you will, to to gather these things it up. Was his hobby. Yeah. So it just, some people knit or collect stamps. <laughs> nope, <laughs> Sith artifacts. Um, that's actually that's interesting too because it's kind of one more, I guess, like. Uh, connection or uh, reference to world war two and yeah. how like a lot of what the empire was based off of was the Nazis, the Nazis. Yeah. And so it's long known that Hitler was collecting like 
religious artifacts yep. during his reign or yep. whatever. It, not just the plot of an Indiana Jones right. movie, like That's an actual one of the act, one of yeah. the truthful moments of Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the facts, right? Right. Yeah, it's very interesting to me. And and the other thing too is it's known in Star Wars lore or canon, if you will, that um, while uh, Jedi's can uh, make themselves for spirits when they die, if they have the right training, if they know how to do it, uh, the Sith can only attach their essence to items or other Ooh. people and things like that. Ah, so I did it, not know that. Yeah, there's, there are there's several episodes in Clone Wars and in Rebels where you get interactions between like Darth Bane is in there right and he's he's like attached to a Sith uh holocron I think they call it holocron something like that yeah 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 and so but it's not like it's not like his his force spirit if you will can travel outside that place right because it's it's just tied to that thing yeah Yeah. um and so if there's a big menagerie of artifacts in this place yeah yeah the emperor's essence could just be there oh he's just like holding it all together it's his horcruxes if you're a harry potter fan okay i have Um, no idea what that means (laughs) in harry potter the evil guy voldemort voldemort sorry Mm -hmm. um he basically like attaches his spirit to a bunch of different items or artifacts okay and so in the seventh book, Harry Potter figures that out, and then he has to like kind of go around and gather them up or destroy them. Sure, but um, that's an interesting idea. I really like that. Yeah, um, I feel like that. I and I'm gonna probably not be completely accurate on here because it's been a while, but I feel like that is something that was brought up in the original expanded universe. Yes, the artifacts yes. idea and like the force sensitive art, art, artifacts idea because. I remember reading the first book in the Thrawn trilogy. Um, was it Heir to the Empire or yes, whatever it is? Yes, Heir to the Empire, yeah. And um, <clears throat> they talk about an artifact that was on Dagobah and how Luke goes, at, I think at one point in the book, Luke goes back to Dagobah. Like, this is after Return of the Jedi. He goes back to Dagobah and they he discovers or somebody discovers that there was some kind of artifact because there was a dark Jedi that ended up on Dagobah and like met with Yoda at some point, like well before the empire strikes back. I don't remember that. Events take, take place again. I don't, I don't remember exactly what that or how that story played out or like what the details were specifically because it's been a while since I read that. But the original expanded universe, I believe also had elements of that kind of artifact idea. And I really like that because I feel like it's, another good way to connect those exterior pieces. Like you were saying, not just like the animated series, but like the old Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like all the other lore that they have just kind of world building stuff. Yeah. Um, man, I'm really excited to see how they tie that. in. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Uh, and next up is one of the, sh- one of the shots where I, I definitely think this one is digitally altered. So it is the shot of the unused Ralph McQuarrie classic oh, yeah. emperor throne. I thought it looked familiar, yeah. but I couldn't quite place it. Yep. I didn't realize that that's what it was. Ripped directly off his his page. That's amazing. Of the, the concept art for the original Star Wars uh, movies. And I think the Emperor is sitting in that throne, but he's digitally removed from this okay. shot. Yeah, um, like he's really going to be there. Like he's really going to be it's, sitting there. Uh, it's interesting, though, because it does have those like marks, those symbols, whatever they yeah. are on there. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if that's actually significant at all. It might be. I don't know. It, it looks... looks Amazing. It's dope. Yeah, it's like, cool. That looks, like yeah. evil as hell. But it also look I mean like Iron Throne eat your fucking heart out. True. But like <laughs> but um the uh the shape of it is also very reminiscent of Palpatine's throne in yes. Return of the Jedi, right? Yes. So the chair, the, the chair. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. all kind of 
deliberate. Oh, oh, it's nothing is not deliberate. Right. Here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm just really curious. Like, more, I want to know more. Yeah. I just want to know what it means. Yep. Uh, the next one up is uh, one of the things that you were talking about. It's a really cool shot of what looks like an updated Y wing. Right. Uh, going after one of or those it's like modded or souped up somehow souped up somehow it's more streamlined um in i, I it's hard to tell because it's moving pretty fast it's, but. All, it's this is funny it's actually like the way that this uh screen cap is set it's very also reminiscent of roth Macquarie uh concept art. yeah it like, absolutely there's that is. one shot of a y-wing over the death star from yeah. the first star wars movie and this looks pretty close to yeah, it yeah it looks pretty close to it <laughs> um i mean hey look if it ain't broke don't fix it. Right. No, right? exactly. Yeah. Those things that, that art, I, I use it as the backgrounds on my, oh my God. on yeah. my laptop. It's, it's just amazing stuff. The reason Star Wars looks the way it does is because of Ralph McQuarrie. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Some other people have had, Joe Johnson had a hand in that a little bit. And, you know, some other people around oh, yeah, down the, the years. model builders. Yeah. I mean, but certainly Ralph McQuarrie is the sort of architect of the, the look of and feel of Star Wars in general. Um, so it's a really cool shot. Y-Wing taking on a Star Destroyer. Looks hard to, awesome. Hard to say what's going on there, but whoever's piloting that Y-Wing is a badass. Totally. Some people think it might be Zori Bliss. Um, oh, what's the actor's character? What the act um, from the Americans? Um, oh, uh, like, uh, oh yeah. Felicity. Um, yeah. Yes. Felicity. Carrie. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. So Carrie Russell's character who's been she, masked. That's this right. Whole time. She is masked. She's got like a, it's kind of a bounty hunter looking. Yeah, outfit. it looks like if you're familiar with Fantastic Four comics, she looks like the Thinker from the Ultimate yeah, Fantastic she does. Four comics. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, with um, the kind of like evil Reed Richards, kind of flipped back. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, so a lot I'm of people think that, that might be her in that ship. Who knows? We'll see. Um, I she's sweet. I I think she's gonna play a pretty huge role in this movie because yeah. they've hidden her quite a bit. There's two. There are two characters that are that were two actors that we know are in this movie who are very, very sparingly used in yeah. any materials at all. Her, yeah. Yeah. who you only catch a very small glimpse of in this trailer, and whoever Matt Smith is playing. That's right, yeah. They we still haven't, haven't seen like, revealed anything about Anything him. about Matt yeah. Smith. So it, it, all bets are off for Matt Smith's character. He's just going to be like a bartender what if? in one of the cantinas, yeah. or he'll just be like... <laughs> Another code, another droid, another or code shit. breaker, or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> like Benicio del Toro, <laughs> just like whatever. Breaker. Yeah, because we didn't have enough. Of those yeah, yet. we need more, we need more code, code breakers. breakers. <clears throat> so, anyways, very cool shot there. One, and one of the first in action, like battle sequences, space battle shots. Yeah, which got me just pumped and super so pumped, super reminiscent of the classic Return of the Jedi space battle. Oh yeah, which, I, which everyone loves. There's ships flying around doing corkscrews. Like the they had just they had gotten it down to a science when it came to the animation of those models at that point, and it was just so good. And the one thing that I thought, well, they got a few things right, but one of the things I thought they got spot on completely in Revenge of the Sith was that opening space battle oh, yeah. with totally. Obi-Wan. And, over, it's over course. Yeah, yeah. Looks amazing. Yeah. Looks, super cool. Looks Just like ships everywhere. Yeah. And the shots, the tracking shots of those two. Yeah. Anyways, really, really super cool. Good. I'm going to skip this next one. I wanted to do this, save this for the end, but okay, cool. because that's, the, it kind of ties into the last shot. Too, it though. does. It does. Um, so we, we touched a little bit on uh, C-3PO. That's right. And in, if you remember in the teaser, the last teaser trailer they put out, we had uh, evil eye, Red eyed three PO getting ready to to murder. This is awesome. Yes, (laughs) he needs some clear eyes. He needs droids, Claritin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Um, 
Claritin Clear. Yeah. That's what the C in C-3PO stands for. Claritin. Mystery yeah. solved. Mystery <laughs> solved. Um, but so we get a shot here of a new another new character, Babu Frick, who's this yeah. tiny little alien Super who so seems tiny. who seems to be an engineer of some sort. He's a you know f- a fixer, or he can kind of work on things, and he's messing around in the back of Clearly C-3PO's tinkering. head. There's sparks yeah. flying. He looks like something out of like a Men in Black movie. Yes. Yeah. He does, you know, like, like one of those really tiny little aliens. He would come like, out of like a human. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. A human who's disguised or an alien who's disguised as a human. Yep. He's like piloting a human suit. <laughs> yep. And, and here and these shots are where we see very, very, a little, very, very tiny bit of Zori Bliss. Um, the, so oh, that's Terry right, yeah. Russell's character yep. on the far left of the frame. That's right. So she's hanging out by Poe. So a, a, an image leaked online of her holding a disc Ooh. of some sort. Okay. It looks like a, just like a data disc, if you will. That's right. And if you look at the back of C-3PO's head, he has that same oh. disc looking space on the back of his head. Interesting. So one of the theories, and I really like this. Um, and, and I want to give credit to where this theory came from. Yeah, so totally. if you're not familiar with uh, Mr. Sunday movies on YouTube, one of the best YouTube channels around. He does amazing reviews. He's really funny. Australian guy just does. He's really funny. If go watch his videos. Um, but this sort of spun out of one of the videos that I was watching of his. <coughs> and the, the thought is that Zori Bliss, the disc that Zori Bliss has is contains three PO's memories from before episode three. What? So they wiped his me- you'll true. remember they, they wiped yep. 3PO's memory yeah. at the end of episode 3. Yeah. And this disc might have his old personality on what? it. What? You know, his old memory yeah. files and stuff um which would give you insight into who the emperor is really, you know, oh. he's Palpatine yeah. really. It would give you insight into who, you know, Luke and Leia's mother was. That's it, true. It, That's all, true. There's so much information C-3PO conceivably right, he had witnessed all of that. He witnessed all of these around for all of it. Yeah. So, and, and who Darth Vader was, right? You know, yep. Not that people don't. Some people don't already know, but Darth Vader was also his father, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. But this scene is is obviously has a lot of emotional weight to it because you know he's he's got his head open in the back and he's being mm-hmm. worked on, and mm-hmm. Poe kind of goes, "Hey, uh, what 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 you doing there, three Yeah, and he three PO says. Just taking one last last look at my friends, and I, it's like, ah, oh, oh, dude, that's where I was like starting to tear up. I know, I'm like, ah, I know. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. To be honest, okay, this is gonna sound very harsh, even though this would make me very sad if we yeah. lose three PO. Yeah. Uh, if it's between three PO and Chewbacca, three <laughs> PO can go. We we don't trade lives, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Thanks, Vision. I mean, if yeah, if it comes down to it, then yeah, probably. And it, it, even if it comes down to like C three PO or R two, it's probably gonna be C three PO. But I also like that idea of him like yeah becoming a battle droid. I do too. Being like, yeah. All right, I'm gonna hold him off or something, and uh, and then yeah, he sacrifices it himself in the process. That'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think either one of those series could be right. Yeah. I. I kind of prefer the old memory thing yeah where he just like will forget everyone he he knows because he only knew things in the past yeah that'd be interesting like they would just like for i don't know i can't imagine i can't figure out what information they would need where was that memory stored i don't know i mean that's the thing this about this zori bliss character she's supposedly this you know um 
fantastic. I don't know if she's a bounty hunter or, but she's, she's like, like a, more like a collector. She's like a, she's like Indiana Jones. Yeah. In space. She's very undercover, yeah. you know, trades in hard to find goods and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a couple other cool shots on here. Um, some more of the desert planet that they're having a battle on. Um, and it comes with a little bit of voiceover from Luke talking yeah, about confronting right. fear yep. is, you know, the, the, at the heart of Jedi existence. That's a pretty cool shot. Um, there's, there is the, uh, horses, space horses. Yeah. Uh, this is like the biggest thing to come out of this trailer as yeah. far as like <laughs> internet reactions yeah. and people being like, what WTF? Like, what is this? Yeah. Why and, are there horses in space? Yeah, horses in space, <laughs> uh, running across the, the, uh, Star Destroyer. So I have to assume this Star Destroyer is very low in orbit. Otherwise, no chance it's, any of these people yeah, would be they're alive. They're clearly on a planet or something. Yeah. So that's also, a- they look. I don't know if I, it could just be me, but I feel like they look similar to. Um, there were horse type creatures in the solo film. At the end of the solo film, there's that oh, yeah. group of kind of like. Uh, I guess I don't know what you would call them. There's like a tribe of warriors. Yeah, that, like marauders. Yeah. yeah, the marauders. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They they kind of like team up with Han Solo at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure they were riding horses similar to this, or at least there was like one or two of them in that band. Cool. Um, and I kind of figured when I saw that movie that they were going to try and like incorporate that group or that they were going to show up again at some point. Sure. Um, either in the films or like in one of the TV series maybe, but they seemed like an important group. Yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't have been in the movie right um yeah i don't know that's cool. that's the only thing that came to mind when i saw that i don't know if that's actually going to be true or not but we'll find out cool and also bb8 is in there just <laughs> he's always rolling forward yeah. bb8 bb8 it's all over this as is the new droid dio the hair that's dryer right. hair dryer on a wheel that's right um so i mean you gotta sell something to the kids right <laughs> dio can you hear me um <laughs> They're yeah. making a they're making a ten inch Dio Funko Pop. Cool. It's like this big. It's crazy. Anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get it. But uh, <laughs> I was say like of the droids I've seen, Dio's probably not the top one that no. I want. Nope. But may, may, no offense who, to the designers, but I, I don't really care about Dio. He could have some really fun moments. He probably will so. have some really fun moments. I hope so. He's a droid in Star Wars. They yeah. generally do. Yeah. Um, okay. So getting to this last shot here. Yes. Um, so are we? Gonna, is this gonna be? No, go ahead. Never mind. That's okay. Just ignore me. Yeah, we're going to keep going. Uh, so this last shot here of a floating figure in a chair, mm-hmm. most people believe to be the emperor, in front of uh, Ray. And right. pa- and you hear the, the emperor voiceover. He says, long have I waited, yeah. and now your coming together is your undoing. Yeah. No one knows what the hell that means. Yeah. If that's Kylo and Ray is coming together. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But the th- one of the theories that I heard today that blew my mind because she's not in this. So you'll remember in the f- the teaser trailer that came out, there was that shot that broke the internet of Dark Ray. Right, the last trailer to come out. Yeah, had Dark Ray at the end. Of yeah, it. the D twenty three thing. Yep. She's got a red she- lightsaber. She looks pretty evil. Yep. Yeah. I think that might be Dark Ray in that chair. Ooh, what? I think oh, it, I hadn't thought about that. I think it oh, might be man. Dark Ray in that chair, and Ooh. I think he might be talking about Dark Ray and Ray coming together because they're light and dark. Right. Interesting. Interesting. The the chaos and uh, lights uh, idea. The mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. 
Ooh, I like that. I definitely not thought about that before. Yeah. So what? I mean, what does that? What does that mean for Ray's character? Does that mean she's kind of like a re-embodiment of the light and dark sides of the Force? Yeah. And then like, there's just Dark Ray has been on this planet or has been on like the Death Star with the Emperor. I know. Also, something. I have a. I have to say, I don't mean to tan- go off no, on no, a tangent no, go, go, here, go. but as cool as the visuals of the Death Star, the old Death, the yeah. second Death Star are. Yeah. That thing was vaporized. Yeah, it totally blew up. That like, thing was turned into <clears throat> dust. I mean, this really is another thing. This is another thing they brought up on the Mister Cindy movies yeah. thing, and I totally agree with it. <laughs> that thing was just vaporized into <laughs> yeah. a billion pieces. Of, no, there's no chance yeah. that like the throne room would be intact with his yeah. chair there and stuff. I think you know, there's that certain level of, um, of fantasy, absolutely, that we just have to kind of accept in in movies like this. And then there's that also like that re- that level of realism that fans expect. Like, what if what if an episode in The Force Awakens, you know, uh, Ray had opened the chest to find the lightsaber, but like Luke's hand was still attached to it. You know, like there's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's twitching. Ooh. It's all and gross and mummified, whatever. Gross. Uh, there, there's just that part of like that that sense of like disbelief of like, okay, we're we're watching a fictional film. Yeah. This is a story. One of the thoughts I had was that this could possibly be a third Death Star. Oh, that like was, it was being something that built. They didn't talk about, they, and they never finished this it. Is and Death it, Star C and it or just <laughs> backup. <laughs> and it just and it just fell into disrepair on whatever planet this is and sure is in the sea it was or maybe it was like a prototype or something yeah. that they were building even like before the uh the rogue one era where yeah. it was like you know um her whatever his name is the father and that one who designed the death star it was like some prototype galen urso yeah maybe galen urso was like we should build a test one and then they built one on this planet or something before they built the first Death Star. Although the throne room would tend to make me would make me think that this was sort of post or right around Return of the Jedi time because that sure. first one didn't have an emperor. Well, I guess maybe it did. We just didn't see it. You know, the emperor has like a presidential suite on like every Death Star he That's builds. True. Every Star Destroyer has one. You know, it's probably true. <laughs> you don't want to limit yourself to just like you know one property or. Like <laughs> When you're emperor of the galaxy or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you got it, flaunt it, right? Yeah. Go big or go home. Yeah. Go big or go home. And the very, very last shot of this trailer is just a very close up on Rey with the blue lightsaber in the foreground. Um, And you hear Luke say, the force will be with you. And then very cool moment. You hear Leia say, always. That's that's where I broke. That's where it broke me. Yeah. I was like, ugh. Yep. Right at the end of the trailer, too. Oh, God. Right in the feels. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, the feels. Yeah. So uh, a couple things that did not make it into uh, this trailer, um, very notable by their absence. Uh, General Hux, not in this trailer. Not that he's really missed in any sort of way, but yeah. interesting. I mean, for a char- he's played a major role. Yeah, no, it's true. I, he is an important character in the last two films, but he's not like I like that he will not be missed. No, he will not be missed because. <laughs> Everyone hates us. I love I love what they say in this in this comic book resources article. They call him Kylo Ren Starscream. Basically, yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. makes sense. He is absolutely that's yeah. the case. Yeah. Um. So, uh, he's not in this. Neither are the Knights of Ren. That's true. Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, we've not seen any live action shot of the Knights they haven't of been Ren in any, in any of the trailers. Right. That's true. The only time we've ever seen them is in that flashback scene in the Force Awakens. That's right. And then we have confirmation that they're in there somewhere because of the entertainment. 
and her, yeah, the, the variety Vanity Fair, Vanity Fair, Vanity yeah. Fair. Yeah, I think it's Vanity Fair. Plus, they're making toys of, of them all over, right, left yeah. and right. They clearly exist in this film somehow, mm-hmm. but we but haven't ag- seen them again. I think the things that they're keeping hidden, yeah, are they're keeping hidden for a very good reason. They're behind the chair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just holding up the chair. Yeah. All those, like, all those uh, folks like, hey, finally you guys showed up. Yeah. Like, can we take a break now? <laughs> like, uh, like when they would carry Cleopatra around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and the, oh, the, that's yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just have droids do that? You God. think at that point? You think? <laughs> um, so we also don't see any of the red Sith troopers that have that's been true. very heavily marketed. That's true. Uh, speaking of things that they're making a ton of toys about or yeah. on, uh, those red troopers are not in here. Um, also, as you mentioned, no Mos Kanata. That's right. So. Uh, but she's got to show up. She has to. Right? She has to. Right? I I Maybe? think so. I think so. Um, she probably knows Lando. She probably knows. I mean, she knows Han. She probably yeah, knows she probably Lando. Knows Lando. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you old smoothie. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So yeah. Uh, what an incredible trailer. <sighs> yeah. I I feel so much more hopeful about this movie now, uh, having seen this. And again, my my hopes and dreams could definitely still be crushed. But <laughs> the uh, the I guess like the tone that was set, um, the the words that were said, spoken by all the different characters. Um, yeah, even these few shots that we get to see, a few additional shots. Which ones, whatever ones may be real and fake, whichever ones are fake or doctored, whatever. Um, I'm I'm super excited for yeah. this film. Praise be JJ. Yeah, really, really excited <laughs> that it's been back in his hands. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I just and I I again like it's just there's so much of it that I'm just like, how are they going to end it? Like, uh, there this seemed really hopeful. The last one seemed like it was going to be pretty dire. Yeah, some. pretty like, dire. Not good. But this one definitely seemed like yeah okay she's got a smile at the end of it. Yeah. So. Very, I'm very, very excited. I couldn't be more excited for this. Um, and a we've couple, got tickets. What's that? And we've got tickets. We've got tickets to yeah. the very, very first show. Always. So there is no chance we're going to get spoiled by anything because nope. we're going to be in that. We're going to be there. We're going to be in that. Uh, so a couple very quick notes here. Um, the uh, uh, advanced ticket sales for this uh, have beaten Endgame. That's right. Um, and every other Star Wars movie. Uh, of you know the last couple of because and I guess, Endgame was was that the number one I think Endgame was the the highest yeah pre-sale one now yeah it should be noted yes. that these pre-sale numbers don't always mean all that much sure I think um there was a note I read that the solo pre-sales outpaced <laughs> Black Panther so take you know Ooh, take yeah. it take it for what you will but it does go to show that a lot of people are obviously very excited to see this movie you wouldn't say that solo was a better film than black panther i would not say that <laughs> i would not if, say even that. if i did i would keep that to myself yeah, I would definitely i would say it to myself in a mirror so that no one could hear me um in an echo chamber yeah there was a really interesting article or really well i shouldn't say interesting article but it was a nice little piece uh talking to jj about things and he promised what he said was an emotional meaningful yeah. end of the saga there's a really good quote i wanted to read because it's just a good jj quote mm-hmm. it says this is about bringing this thing to an to a close in a way that is emotional and meaningful and also satisfying in terms of actually answering as many questions as possible uh so if years from now someone's watching these movies all nine of them they're watching a story that is as cohesive as possible. And then he goes on to say, we're not screwing around. Yeah. So I, I again, I couldn't have more. F- the, the only person I have more faith in at this point is Kevin Feige. Yeah. Who we're going to talk about in a minute. Yep. Um, 
JJ's just he's JJ. He's a class act. Um, I felt that way as soon as I found out that he was going to be rebooting the trilogy. Um, it was one of the reasons I was disappointed that he didn't do the Last Jedi. But like at the same time, uh, yeah, it, he knows how to handle situations like this. He's mm-hmm. clearly done it before, and I'm sure he's tired of people asking him how the hell he's going to do it. Right. But at this point, I just trust him. Oh yeah, D- I definitely trust him. I, you know, again, the force is with him. We we've had this this Last Jedi thing a couple times, but um, I, I don't know. I I. Ryan Johnson is a fantastic filmmaker, and I think The Last Jedi has a lot of things about it that are great, and I think a lot of things about it that very, very narrowly for me missed the mark. Um, but I understand what he was trying to go for, and so totally, you know, it is what it is. But here we are, back with our old friend JJ. Yep, about to wrap this baby up. Super excited. All right, so that pretty much does it for our giant sized topic of the week, and it was giant sized and amazing. Um, and and we're gonna move. <laughs> so. I don't know that I would necessarily um, say this is a weakness of ours, but we tend to talk about this man <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. Yeah. We but, should just get a cardboard cut out of him. But just, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we should. Of, we should. Level of, uh, yeah, attention but, that we give. But just when you think he can't sort of get any bigger than yeah. he already is, yeah. Kevin Feige finds a way to just become – you know, he was already one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. Yep. He's now one of the most powerful people in entertainment in general. Yeah. So he has ascended. He has ascended. Praise be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I said praise be JJ. Yeah. Praise, <laughs> praise be Feige. Be Feige. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was named a chief creative officer at Marvel mm-hmm. and not just for Marvel Studios. That's who, right. Who, who have been making the movies, the MCU movies, yep. Yep. but Marvel Television. And Marvel Publishing, yep. which means he's in control creatively yep. of the comic books now. Yep. He gets to wave his hand and be like, yes, Spider-Man will wear a tutu in the next episode. Now, or it should like be noted. issue it, or the next movie yeah. or whatever he feels like. Pretty much. Pretty much. It should be noted. Most of the leadership on the comic book side of the, of the business and the marketing or merchandising and licensing side of the business are being left in place mm-hmm. to continue. Joe Quesada is going to stay. Right. All those people are going to, they're going to stay. probably going to weigh heavily on their experience and expertise. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, my, my guess is that where you will see his hand in the actual comic books is We've talked about this multiple times on this show. As a matter of fact, in this last few episodes, I've touched on this quite a bit. Mm. But um, watch the Marvel comics now. Yeah. If you weren't already paying attention to the the storylines and the characters that they are pushing in the in the Marvel comics, yeah, pay much more attention now. Yeah, anytime you see a character get its own solo series or a big story arc built around it or something like that, mm-hmm. you should know that they're probably doing that in preparation. For getting them ready for a show or a yeah, movie, something is going to happen. Just with that to character. get, yeah, just to push them out front of the comic book reading audience and say, right. "Hey, hey, you should focus on this person because they're about to get real important here." Yeah. So, um, and they've been doing that to a certain extent already. It actually has worked in the opposite way, especially with the Fox characters, where they mm. we talked about it again. They stripped out the Fantastic Four and they took away the X Men for a long time because they weren't going to be able to use them in the MCU. Um, now, especially like this Jonathan Hickman thing in the, yeah. in, the in the comics, Ugh. just know. Have you been reading it, by the way? Oh my god, I'm halfway through it, man. Trippy, this, ain't it? Ah, uh, I'm re- yeah, Adam's loaned me the Powers of the House of X and Powers of X. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm convinced that Hickman is like the greatest comic book writer of our era. He's a genius. He's really really good. And like this, and I'm like I'm jumping into it, kind of like all right, how what can he really do with the X Men? That's going to make it interesting again. And already by like issue two, I'm like super invested for issue two of each of them, right? Because I'm reading them in the order, and I'm I'm halfway through, so I'm in issue four, I think now, of Powers of X. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nuts. Like I just, yeah, it's just it's a roller coaster, and it's a crazy, wild, emotional roller coaster it too. Is. In it a really lot of ways, because you're basically just like watching the X Men get murdered like over and over again a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it really, yeah, oh. it, yeah. There are some there are some moments in that series. I'm not sure if you're there just yet, but like when they go after the 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 Mother, mega mold, yes, the master. Just, just read that one. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine and Nightcrawler. Yes. Just, oh my god. Uh, like heartbreaking. Oh. Just like watching, just lo- reading that, seeing it. Oh my god. Yeah, and Scott's line, "The bravest oh, man I yeah. ever knew." Uh, just, oh, uh, get out of here. It's so good. It is. It's just so good. It's so good. I, I've. There are very few comic book writers who are both good at the world building and mm. like the large con- conceptual side of it. Yeah. And the intimate sort of dialogue part of it this is this, this story is bonkers mm-hmm. and it's like it's taking place over multiple timelines multiple realities like there's just so much happening with this story yeah. at all times and then like all the appendices and stuff that are yeah. going on in between to like kind of basically be like okay here's what's up yeah and it <laughs> jumps back and forth it's it's all over the place it's all over yeah the place. it's amazing so anyways so bit Sorry. of a t- bit of a tangent. no it's good bit of a tangent a good tangent been, though i've been itching to talk about it yeah I'm, I'm glad you did i mean it's it's a it's a good good tangent to go on but so there's a lot of fallout from kevin feige getting this role. Yeah. Um, the the first big shoe to drop is Jeff Loeb, who has been in in charge of Marvel Television for uh, many many years now. He he was the the creative force behind the Netflix shows, Agents of Shield, Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, you name it. If it was on Marvel Television, yep. he's the guy behind. He's the Kevin Feige behind it. Um What's going to happen now? If you believe most of the rumors. Well, for, first of all, I should say Jeff Loeb is out at Marvel. Right. Um most people think he would have been fired, but they did him the courtesy of letting him bow Resign. out gracefully, yeah. um, which I think was the right thing to do. It, you know, agree with Jeff Loeb's take on a lot of characters and um, the way he used certain characters um, or not. He's been mostly good for Marvel. Yeah, I, I think. think so too. And, and, and a very good comic writer in his own right. Mm, um, true. He did some great books with Tim Sale. Mm-hmm. Um, he, good, good writer. So he, he knows the comic books and he knows the stuff and I'm glad he's, He's being allowed to sort of leave on his own accord, but so he's out because Kevin Feige's taken over the TV. That's right. Yeah, um, and uh, also Alan Fine is out at Marvel. So Alan Fine uh, was an executive uh, with Disney and Marvel, who uh, very much on the side of uh, if you're familiar with Ike Perlmutter, who <coughs> for many years um, has been the sort of face of Marvel Comics uh, proper, uh, not the face of it, but he's been the he's been the sort of um, the man behind the curtain, if you will, mm. for Marvel Comics. And both the two of them uh, clashed with Kevin Feige quite a bit. Um, they're both conservative gentlemen uh, who have ties to uh, our current president. Um, and they were two of the people who, with the loudest voices, pushing against Feige when he wanted to do female-led movies like Captain Marvel and minority-led movies like Black Panther. I um, had no idea about this guy. Yeah. Like, I'd never read anything about him. And then seeing, like, a picture, it's of... 
him shaking hands with Donald Trump. He's big. He's big in the Trump Marvel camp. chairman mm-hmm. shaking hands with Donald Trump. Yeah, he's big in the Trump camp, um, which is obviously problematic for those those of us who would like to see our president tarred and feathered. Um, <laughs> but uh, you mean he hasn't been already? He already looks like a. Jeez, you didn't watch the World Series. I assume <laughs> yeah. you didn't watch the World Series last night. Uh, no, I didn't. So he made an appearance at Game 5 of the World <gasps> Series last night. And uh, the crowd very loudly chanted, lock him up. Good. It was awesome. Good. It was awesome. awesome. Anyways. History. Yeah. Uh, so these two guys uh, uh, have, like I said, clashed with Kevin Feige over the years. Alan Fine is now out at Marvel completely. Ike is still around, but I imagine his time will probably come to pass mm-hmm. soon enough. Um, thankfully... At the dawn of the MCU, uh, Uncle Bob, Bob Iger, That's stepped him. in stepped in and separated uh, the Feige Marvel Studios stuff from all the things that Alan Fine and Ike Perlmutter were working on. So Kevin had, you know, Feige had uh, creative license to do what he wanted. He didn't have to worry about these guys, you know, saying no to him and stuff like that. So that's a really good thing. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's crazy to think. We talked about, you actually brought up uh, the point of Kevin Feige potentially getting Bob Iger's job at some point. Yeah. And I think I said, I just didn't, I don't see him in that role. Yeah. But this move makes me think I was wrong. Maybe. I mean, that it's, the thing is, is like, <laughs> I guess I just look at Bob Iger's, okay, it's it, it's Disney. It's like the most powerful company in entertainment right now. And Feige being at the head of Marvel now, I mean, I guess we're... Would, I, I was joking about it because it was kind of like, well, how much more powerful could he get? Right. And Bob Iger's kind of like that level of powerful, that next step, I guess, or mm-hmm. whatever. But would Feige really do well in a all-encompassing Disney role like that? Like, is that something that he wants? I don't that, know. That was I'm kind curious. of my point. <clears throat> he never, he didn't strike me as the kind of person who would want to do the political yeah, thing that Bob Iger exactly. has to do. But I feel like he'd be better suited for a creative role yeah. which maybe this is exactly where he wants to be probably i, mean, I, I hope so because he took the job yeah probably <laughs> part of me thinks also they that the the powers that be at disney might have gotten spooked by the idea of him doing star wars because he is going to do a star wars movie and potentially and we're ready for yeah it. and we're ready for it potentially taking over lucasfilm at some point Ooh, so they might have hey hey look we don't want you to leave you're the best there is at what you right. do yeah. we need to keep you here Please take this huge promotion. He clearly gets it. Oh, absolutely. I think the fans all agree that he clearly gets it. Yeah. And we're all pretty damn pleased that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you want about the the monopolistic nature of Disney and all that at this point. Yeah. Strictly from a creative standpoint, you can't find fault with anything that he's done at this point. Really, you can't. No, no. You really can't. No. I mean, anyways, he's, he's fantastic. I, so the biggest thing for me... As far as creative things that are going to fall out of this whole yeah, thing, yeah, is what happens with Marvel Television, right? Well, um, we already knew it was going to be making moves, like they were they were going to be changing things, yeah. And so we know, obviously, the Disney Plus shows that have been announced right. already, and those yeah. are going to get huge budgets. We've yeah. talked about the huge and they budgets had they're going to get. Previously canceled all the Netflix stuff. Canceled Netflix stuff. Uh, it just came out that they canceled uh, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, on so, Freeform. That one kind of surprised me a little bit because isn't Cloak and Dagger? It's that's a who is it Hulu? No, it's Freeform. Oh, it's Freeform. Okay. And Freeform is owned by Disney, but it was also uh, connecting to was it Runaways? Or yes, what? yeah. They was, are cr- they are going to appear in the upcoming season three of Hulu's Runaways. So does that mean that they're just going to be part of Runaways going forward? Maybe, maybe. Um, I so my hope is I've seen some of Cloak and Dagger. I liked it. I have to watch the rest of it. 
but I did really, really enjoy what I saw. Um, I thought the actors were very good. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it. And I, well, you should watch it. It's, it's good. And <laughs> yeah. I really, really like the Runaway stuff. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great cast of actors in there too. Cool. If they are going to cancel Runaways as well, yeah, I do hope that they find a way to bring these actors into the fold because well, they've they've inhabited these characters to a point where I think they deserve the right to be in larger budget, you know, totally. Mar- MCU connected stories at some point. Yeah. Um, well, they they clearly have a fan base. Oh, big time! Right? And yeah. the again, like with Runaways, that's a is that a Hulu original? Yes. And so, and Hulu is owned by Disney now too. It is. So, correct. like, is. I I'm just kind of curious if they're trying to position these properties or kind of line them up so that they all kind of like fall into the same fold. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Well, what? So one of the reports that's out there that's making the rounds out there right now is that they're going to completely reboot all of Marvel television. So they're essentially going to sweep the storylines that have happened under the rug. Um, There's talk of canceling. This is sad, but talk of canceling all those Hulu animated shows. They talked about Mm. Modoc, Howard the duck. Yeah. Those kinds of things, which would suck. Maybe one or two of those sneaks through and gets still gets made kind of hard to say. They obviously pulled the ghost Rider thing because Kevin Feige wants to use ghost Rider in a show or a movie. I don't know if Damon Hellstrom still gets made now. Good question. Um, So it, it, Everything's up in the air, and it, it, what doesn't quite track is, for me at least, is if they're going to retain some of these actors, I'm not sure how awkward it will be. It might not be awkward at all, actually, just to bring the actors back mm-hmm. and just sort of act as if nothing that they did previously stands. That's kind of the thing. Is like I feel like at this point, there's a certain level of acceptance that we just kind of just take it. Like, we just allow it, right? True. Like, you know, seeing Charlie Cox's Daredevil show up in an MCU movie at this point wouldn't make me go like, hey, that's not continuity. I would just be like, oh, oh hell man, yeah. yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I can't think of any reason, or I, I guess I haven't heard a lot of other people saying like that that they're not for that. No, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah. I just, I, I just in my mind, in my head canon, I wonder how people would react to it. Sure. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure we'd get plenty of people nitpicking and we have so many awesome memes come out of it but it's just like at the end of the day like are we telling good stories or not yeah so there's a couple really cool notes uh the the person uh, who has been sort of leaking these reports of them totally rebooting uh marvel television <coughs> also stated that uh he's aware that uh, betty and general ross from the hulk movie and Je- i guess Thunderbolt Ross showed up in Avengers movies and stuff too. That's right. He was in Civil War. Right. And um, Infinity and War? Infinity War. In Infinity War and at the very end of Endgame. That's right. Yep. He During the funeral. At the funeral. Um, Why would he invite him to the funeral? Like, there's no reason for him to be yeah, there. Whatever. Um, <laughs> that they're going to show up in the She Hulk series. Good. Which totally makes sense. Sweet. One uh, more piece of continuity. Mm-hmm. And that the Inhumans. The much maligned Inhumans, yeah, are going to show up in the Ms. Marvel show. The like the people who were cast as Ms. Humans. No, no, just the characters, okay. just Black Bolt and Medusa gotcha. and whatever. Because in the comic books, Ms. Right. Marvel is an, an Inhuman. inhuman. Yep. That's right. She was changed by the Terrigen Mists. Right. So uh, that could be very cool. Now on to the big things here. These these are the big notes about the Marvel television stuff that I think you touched on it just just a minute ago. People are kind of losing their minds about if if these things are true. So first of all. Uh, it, it's important to note that the rights to the Netflix characters uh, revert back to Marvel in 2020. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was that, they called it a cooling off period or something like that when the shows were all canceled. Um, 
So this is uh, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke, Luke Cage, Cage, Jessica Jones, and Punisher. Punisher, yes, correct. Punisher. And <laughs> any ancillary characters around them. Right. Um, obviously, Copperhead wouldn't be in it because now he's Blade. <laughs> That's Mah- right. Thanks, Mahershala. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he died to become the Daywalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a story. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> but the reports are that they're going to be bringing back specifically Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Good. John Bernthal as the Punisher. Sweet. Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. Good. But probably not um, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. Mm. Uh, he has He's on another network television show now. Okay. And so like his availability is very much in question. He's a fantastic yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah, it would be sad really to lose good. him. Um, Sweet Christmas he's good. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Um, and then obviously no one wants Finn Jones back as uh, the Iron Fist. I liked him. I mean, like I liked him in Defenders. I did not care for Iron Fist. No one really did. Like, and I, but I, at the same time, I don't think that was really his fault. I think it was just bad writing. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's just, but that's just my opinion. I don't disagree. I, and I, I'm cur- I am curious to see how this all plays out. And at the same time, I don't think that I would be completely disappointed to see a completely rebooted Iron Fist. No, it'd be great. And the the rumor is that they would bring Iron Fist into the fold in a Shang Chi sequel. Good. Which perfect. Fits in awesome. perfect. Um, the notes on the Daredevil thing. If this if this happens, yeah. If this happens, yeah. For me, it would be a top five MCU moment. The rumor is Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. Yep. Would be Peter Parker's lawyer. Yeah. In Spider Man Three. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. I, I can't. I can't even imagine like what the uh, reaction <laughs> would be or how. Yeah. How close to the top that would be. I've wanted a. Spider-Man Daredevil meetup. Yes. For a long time. I think I want a Spider-Man Daredevil meetup more than I want a Spider-Man Deadpool meetup. Whew, that's tough. Yeah, that's really We're going to talk about Deadpool later on. Yeah, but that is... Ooh, I want both of those things. Both of really those things bad. would be amazing. But the, the Spider-Man Daredevil one... the meaning one, of the red suits would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I'm all in for that. Um, uh, there is a There was an interview with John Bernthal, and he stated a very... Uh, he was very straightforward about his desire to keep playing the Punisher. Cool. He wants back in. I want him to keep playing. Um, he even said, he even said jokingly to the interviewer that I can't tell you, you know, I can't tell you anything. And besides the fact, you'll probably know before I do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, probably. but he definitely wants back in. So I think if he wants it and Feige wants it, they'll make that happen. Cool. And I'm, I'm all for that. Um, so yeah, that has super, super exciting um, times around Marvel stuff. And this idea of true, uh, true continuity across television and, and the movies. Mm. Um, and the, like we talked about earlier, the budgets on these television shows are going to be insane. Yeah. Just watching, you're just watching six hour movies essentially. I think that's an interesting, uh, shift though too. Like, I mean, I'm sure that it's not the first time that a show has been produced in that regard or like with that kind of budget, right? Like, only like the biggest miniseries. Yeah, it's not. It's not super often, no. right? Like, but it also the fact that it's becoming a, it's going to be a regular thing for the Marvel shows. Yes. I think is a true testament to like their faith in the people behind them, but also like the ability of like the actors in these shows, right? Mm. Like, because I feel like a lot of times you see like, okay, yes, the budget, the, a lot of the budget goes towards the special effects and like the production teams and everybody who's doing that. Cause there's a lot of money that goes into that. Yeah. Like and that's one of the graphics. things that I think a lot of people, 
the people who are criti- critical of the, yeah. especially the Netflix shows, they're let down by the right. fact that there's only so much they could do with the money they exactly, have. Exactly, exactly. But, but the other side of that, too, is like how much money goes into the huge stars that they cast in these films, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. You know, granted, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't like the biggest paid actor in Iron Man 1, right? No. But he's constantly been a advocate for his other actors or his co-actors, co-stars of these movies going forward and really helped like get them paid according to like what these movies are worth right and so having a tv show that's going to have the same budget you know and putting television i guess level actors but let's face it most tv actors have been in movies at this point at this point yeah you know getting the same salaries or getting the same pay i think that's really interesting um, like I'd be curious to see the statistics or like the numbers basically that just show like what the highest paid TV actors are or streaming now actors are. That would be um, interesting to find know, out compared to like movies and and blockbusters and things like that. Yeah, that would be that would be very interesting to find out. Um, so again, it, it's it's if you're if you are a fan of the MCU stuff, like we're fans of the MCU stuff, this is nothing but good things say what you want about the the business and and it being kind of all one company's doing. Yeah. Give me a scene between Peter Parker and uh and Daredevil with Tom Holland and Charlie Cox. Oh and, my god. Did and you... then another scene with uh where Peter Parker has to like take down the kingpin or something and you get Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, the Vincent D'Onofrio oh kingpin. Oh my god. Could you imagine P- uh uh Matt Murdock as Peter Parker's defense lawyer. Yeah. And the prosecution is Jennifer Walters. Ooh, that'd be good. She-Hulk. Yes. Oh. That'd be pretty good. Oh, my God. Be pretty awesome. Please give it to us, Kevin. Law and Order Mar- MCU. Give Mar- it to <laughs> us, Kevin. You've got the power, Kevin. Do, Do it. it. Do it, Kevin. Okay. Uh, the next up on the pull list here, a little bit of uh, casting news for uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman. The Batman. And uh, I got to tell you, this cast <sighs> is... Absolutely incredible They're already. Nailing it. It's so nailing it. So first up, Zoe Kravitz gets the role as Catwoman. Super cool. Perfect. Um, she'll she'll actually be the third uh, African American female to play Catwoman in live action. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Halle Berry and Eartha Kent. That's right. From the '66 series, right. were also. <laughs> so uh, very excited for that. I think she. There's a uh, well. I mean, it goes without saying if you know anything about Zoe Kravitz, but her level of sexuality is just like completely off the charts, and like <laughs> bazinga and for in that. But in that role, oh yeah, it takes a certain, it takes that like Michelle Pfeiffer thing. Oh totally, to like pull it off she, because it's kind of a ridiculous character. Well, oh, it's, yeah, to a little degree. bit. I yeah. mean, like the, the it's a it's a literal play on the cat. Burglar, I suppose. I right? suppose. Yeah. But but the but it's also like the counter or the um. The uh, the influence, the love interest of, of Batman. Yeah, the mirror of image to Batman. Who, of course, like, you know, someone who breaks the rules. True. Um, which is perfect. But at the same time, I think, like, Zoe Kravitz, honestly, I've only seen her in, um, I guess, like, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other movies that, she, that I've seen her in. But um, it, I think Catwoman is also a character that demands a certain level of, like, femme bossness oh was, yeah. um similar to like how like what you would expect from like wonder woman or even um you know like like captain marvel to a degree um like there there's that kind of level of just like owning yourself mm-hmm. um and confidence that comes along with with being catwoman or yeah. at least p- playing selena kyle um you don't really i guess you don't really see it as much 
with Michelle's Michelle Pfeiffer's Selena Kyle as you do with her Catwoman, right? Right. You right. see her in Catwoman character and she's owning it mm-hmm. right i thought that's what kind of what anne hathaway got right yeah sure yeah absolutely like <clears> just <throat> being totally confident almost cocky yes or yeah she was basically cocky yeah but you know because she robbed <laughs> robbed bruce wayne yeah but um yeah no i think like there's that level that you kind of you expect that of Catwoman, right like you want her to be kind of comp- overly confident absolutely or cocky. yeah absolutely uh and then the other bit of casting news was paul dano cast as the riddler hell yes and yeah you were all over this and i'm with you he this is one of those cases where it, it you know when you when people fan cast things oftentimes they fan cast them because a certain actor or actress looks the part Right. This is one of those times when that happened. Yeah. But I'm o- totally okay with no, it. No, yeah. It's it's on point. <clears throat> like, I think uh, if you've seen Paul Dano in any of his, I guess, even like sort of villain roles or any of his roles, really. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, I, what comes to mind is like the uh, the kind of like preacher or whoever he plays and There Will Be Blood. Yes. Um, it, there's just this kind of like, uh, you, you almost pity him. But at the same time, you're kind of like, this guy's dangerous. Super dangerous, um, And yes. that's kind of what you're going for with, I think, with the Riddler, where you're like, oh, this guy's like really messed up, but he's really smart. But And so I feel, kind of feel bad about it. But at the same time, like, he's messing everything up. And he's like, he's like on, on the same thought level or like, you know, as far as threat level goes with Batman, mm-hmm. who is like, he's Batman. Yeah. So... That's dangerous. Super dangerous. Um, it, it sounds like they are, you know, the last villain they're going to cast for this is going to be the Penguin. Yeah. Uh, notably, Jonah Hill is out of the running for all roles. Okay. Uh, he was apparently asking for a truckload of money. Um, not surprising, I suppose, but it's whatever. It's a big budget film. And I heard he wanted to play the Riddler as well. So I think once that role passed, um, he just, he bowed out. So That's no, okay no Jonah Hill. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Um like I said, that cast looks amazing I'm right now. I'm pumped. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. real pumped to see more and more and more from this film. Mm-hmm. So it's, on, I mean, it's quickly moving in the direction of what could possibly be the best Batman movie we've ever had. Maybe it sounds like they're going to start filming either very late this year or early next. Next year. So yeah. uh, more to come on that. Uh, and the last one on the pull list this week, uh, good old Uncle Bob, uh, calling out uh, Martin Scorsese for his comments. Um, Bob Iger. Uh, yeah, Bob Iger. Calling out Martin Scorsese about his comments about comic book films. Uh, I'm going to read the quote because I love the quote. Uh, so if the internet decides to work here, I'm going to read this. So uh, Bob said, I'm puzzled by it. If they want to bitch about movies, it's certainly their right. <laughs> I love that Bob love Iger him. said bitch. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to bitch about movies, it's certainly their right. It seems so disrespectful to all the people who work on those films who are working just as hard as the people who are working on their films and putting and and are putting their creative souls on the line just like they are. Uh, are you telling me that Ryan Coogler making Black Panther is doing something that somehow or another is less than anything Marty Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola has ever done on any one of their movies? Come on. Mike drop. That Absolutely. last bit is so on point. It's really 100% good. on point. It, it encapsulates the whole argument against the the thoughts of Scorsese and uh, Coppola and and what's <clears throat> what's funny to me is like this sort of weird menagerie of bitter old directors have come yeah. out and stated a bunch of these things yeah. too. Um, now Scorsese did walk back his comments to a certain extent. True. Um, he kind of, he kind of said something along the lines of, you know, I, since I read Bob's uh, quote, I'll read his as well. <coughs> um, excuse me while I scroll the internet. It's com- very compelling podcast listening. 
Um, so he said, the tentpole films, the big comic book films, they're theme park movies, as well done as many of them are at all levels. It's a different cinema form or a new art form entirely. We're hoping there are theaters that show the films that are not that, and that if they're going to show show it, that filmmakers still have an opportunity with streaming. It changes the experience, but otherwise, in two to three years, it's not being done. A good filmmaker comes in from Italy or France, comes in, the film has to be a franchise, or they won't do it anymore. So I guess I kind of understand what he's saying um, to a certain extent, um, and and good on him for, I suppose, for for acknowledging at least that um, that some of those, well, in his mind, some of those comic book movies are, are well-made, because they are. <laughs> they are very well-made. Um, for me, this is a very interesting time in film in general. Yeah. I think what he's talking about, what Scorsese is talking about, those kinds of independent films, small budget films, um, Oscar films, if you will, prestige yep. films, mm-hmm. aren't the ones that are really in trouble. The ones for me that are really in trouble are those mid-level, those ones that have just big enough budgets to where they have to make a certain amount of money to make yeah. their money back. Yeah. Um, but not like $200 million worth of budget, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because it's, he's right. People won't go see those films in the numbers that they used to go see those no. films. But the small films, I think there's still a huge market for oh, those totally. things. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if anything, the streaming services make it easier for them to get their content in front of more people. <laughs> exactly. Now, it might not make it. They they would have they might have to do a little more marketing in order to get people to pay attention to them well, on streaming services. Marketing. It is different marketing, and and truth be told, wouldn't you rather have it in front of the Netflix audience yes. than like in like ten theaters in the United that's, States? That's the point. It's like I think the thing that a lot of people, or at least a lot of big or at least long standing uh, names like Martin Scorsese are missing is that the way that people are consuming movies, the consumption of these entertainments, like these. That is what's fundamentally changing. Like the art form evolves along with it, right? Like you, you can't not acknowledge that because it's just it, that's just what naturally happens as technology changes and we move forward. Mm-hmm. But like that also means that the way that we're consuming them. So in this case, streaming is gonna is gonna kind of pave the way for what we do with it going forward. Yeah, it's true. And and it, what's fun, what's funny to me too is. It, these are the same people who uh, decried the end of cinema yeah. when uh, George Lucas started shooting on digital. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Look, make your movies. What? You can't do a movie without film. Yeah. Make your movies. If you're that good, they will be great. People will see them. You'll win awards and everybody will be happy. It Like, there is room for everyone here. Well, I shouldn't say everyone. There is a room for a lot of people here. The, 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 the part of the film industry that has absolutely nailed this, that has gotten it dead right since things have started to flip towards this mega blockbuster or bust yeah. kind of era are the horror films. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the The horror films now are operating on such a like gorilla level mm-hmm. where like the budgets are dead low yeah. and you're getting great writers and great filmmakers making these, these I now admittedly I don't watch them, but you hear enough buzz about a thing you oh, yeah. know you know it's good and they're making no, they're making these movies for nothing yeah. and these movies are making tons of money right. huge profits so instead of trying to chase the trend the horror filmmakers have decided you know what there's room for us in this corner here to make these movies for not very much money and 
and make a ton of money out of it. Um, just as an example, Hereditary, which came out last year, right. 2018, right. the budget was $10 million. $10 million. Bucks. It made Less- $79.3 million. Yeah. $10 million, bucks, right? Less than an episode of a Disney Plus show. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so talk about making it work for you. Seriously. Making the, making the climate of Hollywood and making the climate mm-hmm. of films in general work for you. Mm-hmm. Those people have figured it out. Yep. Now Scorsese needs and his ilk need to figure it out too. And I, I think they will. I think they, will too. I, think, I think they brilliant. kind of have with Joker to a degree. Yeah, they're brilliant filmmakers. Right? I mean, and and uh, uh, the new Scorsese film, The Irishman. He's, that's right. That's yeah. coming out on Netflix that's too. That's right. That's true. So even he understands you know what he has to do to get by these mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. you know and honestly he's martin scorsese he's one of the greatest filmmakers yeah, you ever we're lived. not gonna just dis- yeah we're yeah. not gonna say that his work is not worth mentioning right. right exactly he's probably not the person that he's really worried about when he talks about yeah, this exactly i'm sure he knows a lot of you know young you know very unknown filmmakers and all that kind of stuff who mm-hmm. can't get a movie distributed and all that kind right, of stuff but yeah there are ways for them to flip it on its head That's and right. make it work. So, mm-hmm. anyways, um, we're <coughs> excuse me as day uh, one ninety seven of this cough. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're gonna move on to our one shots now. Uh, we'll come back to what I like to call the big three: Star Wars, Marvel, and DC in a little yours, bit here. Yours, yours. Um, but but because we've talked so much about them in the first part of this show, I want to I want to touch on some of the other things going on in the world at the moment. Um, first up, and <laughs> this is cheating because this is still DC, but. Uh, the new uh, Batman video game um, from uh, uh, not Rocksteady from Warner Brothers, um, WB Montreal. Thank you. Um, very heavily heavily rumored now to be a, to be called Arkham Legacy, with the villains being the Court of Owls that we've talked about in the past. And the big new rumor is that, and it's something that I brought up as as a huge um, desire of mine to see in this game is the entire bat family is going to be playable yes thank you thank you thank you thank you that's a big family it's a big family it's a big ass family yeah i'm curious to know i mean obviously i think your batgirl nightwing red hood robin yep that's your core core group it'll be interesting to see if if anyone else gets in there spoiler batwoman batwoman oh yes Uh, batwoman yeah, I, I could see them fitting in quite a few more. I mean, right? maybe Damian Wayne. Oh yeah, totally. You want Damian Wayne, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, of the of the Robins, like if you're gonna have Nightwing, mm-hmm. right? You can't you can't get Dick Grayson. You've already got well, you've got all the other ones like Red Robin, Jason Todd, Jason, as Red Hood, as Red Hood, Damian Wayne. Yeah, that's you got all the Robins. Got all of them. Yep. Um, well, I guess except for the female Robin, Stephanie Brown. Spoiler, so, but if she plays spoiler, then you're all right. But then you could. <laughs> I see what you did there, mm-hmm. and I like it. Huntress, you know, like the, even oh, even yeah. having like Catwoman again as a character to play because you get to play her in Arkham City. Yes, um, I think they they can they're seeing that having that level of like oh yeah, I like being able to switch it up within the same game. Yeah, is like cool. Like they they like that. Yeah, like, it's very know. much an old school RPG element. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Where you you know you're not focused so much on just one character in the same play mechanics over exactly. and over and over again. Yeah, going through and being like okay this is how Batman would do it. Mm-hmm. And then going through it in a different way and being like, how would Cavill? Oh do man, it? that'd be amazing. It'd be so, really fun. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait. Hopefully we'll get start to get some official details very, very soon about that. Uh, speaking of official details, uh, Google announced that their Google Stadia service. Now this is the, the streaming game service that you'll be able to play your games across theoretically across all your devices uh, seamlessly. We'll see how it works. 
uh, st- the the jury is still out. It's going to release on November nineteenth. So for me, it's uh, seven days uh, post Disney Plus. <laughs> also before Black Friday. Also before Black Friday. Good call. Um, and there was a report that they are planning on Google are planning on building multiple first party game studios of their own. Cool. It's the right move. Yeah, I think it's so the too. right move. We talked when we first talked about the Google Stadia thing. Uh, we noted that Google is notorious for coming up with a great idea and then just dropping it on the floor because it didn't take off immediately. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is <laughs> watching watching to see if it bounces. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. But the investment it takes to open game studios and things like that, I think it's a it it shows that they're fully vested here. Yeah, and that hopefully they'll come up with some cool stuff. They're gearing up. Yeah, big time gearing up. Um, that's exciting. Like, yeah. I don't know if they would put a lot of faith in something that they didn't believe was going to work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good point. Um, there was a leak on a European website, a retailer site, uh, that the price tag for the upcoming PlayStation 5 is going to be $500. Um, That's pretty close to what the PS4 was when it first came out, right? So uh, the PS4, if you'll remember, initially launched at $600. Okay. Which was... That's the same price that the PS3 came out at. I remember you t- saying yeah. that. I did not believe you, but you were right. Because um, I didn't remember it being that much, but I think Sony my is real. My my wallet remembers. Yeah, my wallet remembers. The North remembers. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. I think they realize that that five hundred is kind of like the sweet spot. Yeah, it's it's, mu- it's as much as you can expect um, the general public to spend on a new thing, and 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 you know the price will come down. There might be a PlayStation Five Lite or something at some point. Sure, who knows? Sure. They they always that's pretty much the the case with like every console since playstation right? pretty much they do a light version of each of them was there a price tag announcement for the stadia no uh well there are well yeah there were um there there were notes about like what the the service would cost yeah there's like a free version of it yeah um, where you only get access to certain things right and then there were paid versions of it where you got like uh uh triple a game you know acts early access and uh the ability to play 4K, you know, there's certain things that are you don't get with the free version of it. Right. Um, I don't remember them off head, offhand. If you want to, so it's launching at 129.99 with the Chromecast controller. Right. That's three the, months of Stadia service. Right. The controller alone will cost $69. Right. Um, interesting. So, like, yeah, they're, they're, it's kind of varying in price based on what package you go with, mm-hmm. but. That's still relatively cheap in comparison to like the big name consoles, right? Like yep. even the Switch is only where it like launched at like four hundred, I think. Three hundred did it launch at three hundred? I think so. Yeah. I mean like it's they're they're getting cheaper and cheaper, which is good. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean or maybe I don't know that, I don't know that maybe I shouldn't say cheaper, maybe more affordable. E- yeah, Xbox and Playstation aren't getting cheaper by any that's, means, I don't that's think. That's true. But um at least not at launch. Not know. at launch, right? Certainly, your Nintendo products are always going to come in a step below because they're it's not as heavy a hardware. That's true. Um, sort of play. That's not the game they're playing. Right. Ex- exactly. And this Google Stadia thing is it, it it is sort of designed to be a bit of a paradigm shift here, where you oh you you want these games that you can play you know on Xbox or PlayStation, but you don't want to buy the full console. Yeah. We're going to offer them to you you know, via the streaming service with all these sort of bells and whistles, it may or may not work seamlessly we'll in the see. way they want it to. Yeah. But if it does, 
if they pull the technology part off on this, it's a super compelling option for people yeah. to play this essentially subscription service. Well, and the idea of like paying a monthly service to play like say Assassin's Creed or right. God of War rather than buying the game itself and then, you know, eventually like either trading it in trading or it whatever in or selling it whatever, like that seems like it makes sense to mm-hmm. me. I and know. and I know plenty of people who game casually enough where um, say, let's just say theoretically, right? This, this Batman game comes out mm-hmm. and it's available on Google Stadia and it right. works great, but it's the only game they really want to play. Yeah. Sign up for the Stadia service. Yeah. Play through the game. Cancel the Stadia service. Yeah. You don't have to think about gaming anymore. Wait, wait for the next game. To yeah, you don't have out. to pay any more money until, exactly. the, until the next time you want to play a game or two. Yeah. You know, for an extended period of time. That sounds so, awesome. It, yeah. It gives people that kind of an option, theoretically. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's something that we haven't seen before. So really, it all comes down to the technology. Right. If they make it work, it could be amazing. Could be huge. If it turns out to be a cluster, then I think. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how it affects the mm. prices and I guess the also the overall, like, uh, landscape for the PlayStation and totally. for Xbox. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a really fun story came out. Uh, so some dentist, I don't know where he lives, some dentist. This is not how we usually start stories here on the uh, the Hell Henry podcast here, but we're doing it this time. Make sure to floss, kids. Yeah, yeah, floss your teeth. Fluoride and all that nonsense. Um, so a dentist acquired a retro video game collection for, wait for it, 1.02 million dollars my god so uh this is uh it's 40 factory sealed um, nintendo games that took a group of people if my if i understand correctly over 50 years to collect so it must be nintendo and atari games yeah (laughs) um this is nuts i'm gonna read so (laughs) (laughs) this is craziness um so all those years of working on people's teeth yeah it finally, paid, finally off. paid off. So apparently this person used to collect baseball cards and he decided like that hobby was just not worth it anymore. Okay. Um, so he's just one of those guys with just money not to burn. A, yeah. Not a big enough uh, <laughs> return. Yeah. He just got money. He's just got money to burn. So uh, the report says many of the games were believed to be the only copies in existence. Wow. Um, the games included 1986's Mario Brothers arcade version mm. and the only known copies of 1985's Golf. 1986's Balloon Fight, and 1986's Gumshoe. And remember, all factory sealed. Wow. Never played. Mint condition. Mint condition, never played. Uh, Experts consider it to be the foremost collection in the world, both in terms of overall value and rarity. Nuts. Amazing. 1.02 million. You think he's going to play any of them? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) He started playing them all immediately. Like, what? No, he didn't. Why would he do that? He's a dentist. Yeah, he, he he opened them all up and immediately blew in the cartridges. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the only way. Yeah, I have to get that experience from when I was a child. So <coughs> craziness, absolute craziness. All right, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Hey, look, <laughs> I think I just said on the show if you got it, flaunt it. Well, and we did have that entire series or that uh, big big topic on uh, collecting. Collecting. So that is probably one of the biggest investments in a collection I've ever heard of. Keep talking for a minute because I want to hold on. I just read a story and I didn't put it on here. Um, it was the fourth of July, nineteen ninety nine. So and then something happened. I just read this. I just read this just just the other day. That was amazing. Thank you filling for that. It. Um, Filling that dead air. Someone paid $195,000 for a Pokemon card the other day. Cool. 
apparently, it's the uh, most expensive Pokemon card in the world. Um, it is a Pokemon. I don't know. Is it po- just like a rare. I don't. Card? It, it's Pikachu. Pikachu Illustrator. What? <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm gonna add this to the bottom of the rundown so you can see it here. Hold on. Um, yes, please link me immediately. Yeah, I will. I will link you. It's gonna be Pikachu the, Illustrator. Yeah, it's gonna be at the very bottom near the wrap up section. But, so he just. <laughs> All right, let me look at so this it's thing. in there, but I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read some of this a little bit. Uh, it's the most expensive one in existence. Uh, card was never sold in packs like the regular ones, but awarded to winners of a Japanese comic contest in 1998. Super limited. 39 were released. Ten of those are believed to still exist. Wow. Well, the buyer. What happened to the other 29? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, destroyed. Yeah, by the CIA. Or they were um, lost. The buyer actually paid 224500 for the card, but the auction house took a 15% buyer's premium on the winning bid. Of course Holy they did. Holy smokes. Okay, this, and again, this is, a, this is a card game and trading card. Uh, that's, what, that's what the type of Pokemon, as we know. Right, right. The so, card game. Yeah, so this is, the, this is an actual card. Which is crazy. Is that more than like anyone spent on like a trading card of any kind? No, no. There are like if you if you know anything about baseball cards, like I was say, uh, like Magic the Gatherings had a lot of money thrown. There's some big ones, some big sure. ones in there. But if, like the the like the Honus Wagner rookie card, rookie baseball card. There's Babe Ruth base baseball cards out there, and you know things that have gone for uh, Todd McFarlane paid for some exorbitant amount. Um, for, oh yeah, for a baseball right, card right back at the, in the top. Day. Honus Wagner, nineteen oh nine to eleven, three point twelve million dollars. Yeah, so wow. Yeah, Mickey Mantle, one million dollars. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth. I think Mickey Mantle. I think Joe the, Jackson. The Mickey wow. Mantle card is the one that Todd McFarlane bought when uh That's when the image thing blew up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Literally pieces of paper with pictures on them. Yep. People paid for them. But then again, you know, we look at comic books, things like that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's, people are collecting all kinds of stuff. Totally. And rare Japanese limit, super, super limited release Pokemon cards are no exception. Yep. Exactly. All right. So, uh, as I said, we're going to get back into this, to, to the news from the big Here three, if you will. Three. Um, I so, missed you. Uh, <laughs> so first up, uh, the Mandalorian, uh, the episode release dates were leaked. Uh, obviously, the first one comes out day and date with Disney Plus on November 12th. Sweet. Uh, I believe the second one comes out only three days later on the 15th. Launch party? Oh, Bring me la- drinking beers? Launch party. Will there be popcorn? Launch party. Uh, I'm not a big popcorn guy. Chips? There are definitely chips. Okay, cool. And on other snack, we'll type, snack snacks. type items. Um, we'll do that at my house. Um, so... Uh, the the big note here is seven of the eight episodes will come out before December nineteenth, which is the opening night for Star Wars episode okay. nine, and the finale will happen on December the twenty seventh. Okay. So they will give the movie a little over a week to to breathe, and then the finale of uh, the first season of Mandalorian will happen then. And don't forget, they're already filming or already working on the second season of the Mandalorian. That's right. We're gonna get more of that. Uh, speaking of the Mandalorian, a huge rumor landed today. Uh, via the New York Times that episode one of The Mandalorian drops what they're calling a major Star Wars spoiler. They say nothing beyond that, what it entails, what it might be a spoiler for, um, but all all they know is it's a major Star Wars spoiler. So much so that they have not sent out early press screener, screeners 
of the first few episodes of the Mandalorian. So generally speaking, when a new show like this comes out or they will send the press the first couple of episodes for them to watch review early review. And then there'll be an embargo on those reviews. Reviews will come out the day before the thing lands and you know, that kind of thing. They're not doing that with this. They're so worried about this spoiler getting out that they're not letting anyone see it. Uncle Bob has seen it. Yeah. And he says that the Mandalorian in general is unlike anything (laughs) he's ever seen on TV. Yeah. Well, Uncle Bob gets to see everything, but, um, so, Thoughts? What theories? What are they, they going to spoil? That's, I don't we know. were talking about this earlier, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of thinking of like, okay, what could they possibly spoil? The only thing I could think of is, is like, is it something related to episode nine? Because obviously, that's the only thing that like most people are worried about spoilers. <clears throat> but it happens right between episodes three and four. No, exactly. That's why it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, sure, there could be something tied to it, but uh, you made the. Oh, I, sorry, I, let me take that back. It happens between episodes six and seven. Excuse right, right, right. Me, not right. three and four. After, after the original. After trilogy. the Return right, of the right, Jedi. Right, yeah, right, sorry. Right. Post post Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But but. You you were you made the point that it could be something related to Boba Fett. Which I, think I think so. Actually, sounds way more likely because mm-hmm. it's everyone's kind of like ant- asking that question anyway. As soon as they see anything about the Mandalorian, it's mm-hmm. like, so is he Boba Fett? Like, who's where's Boba Fett? Right. Um, <laughs> I would love to see that it's like a direct answer to did Boba Fett actually spend the next thousand years being slowly digested by uh the uh <laughs> the sarlacc, the sarlacc pit. pit or yeah. did he just get like you know did he crawl out of it like yeah. in the original expanded universe or is there something else going on with boba fett yeah it be i don't know that that's the only thing that really sprung to mind to me in terms of the what this spoiler could be about yeah. it would have to be a boba fett thing yeah otherwise I don't know. I suppose it could be some sort of a Palpatine thing. Sure. That spoil. But why would you do that pre mm, Rise of Skywalker? That's that's the thing. It's like I don't see them giving away anything related no. to Rise of Skywalker yeah, or either. the ending of the episodes as we know them in this movie. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. It. it <sighs> I'd love for it to end up just being like something really small, like something minor, um, maybe still Boba Fett related, just being like, yep, Boba Fett's dead, uh, you know, in passing. That's just the whole, that's all that there is to it. Um, but I don't also, I don't see that being the case because although they wouldn't really worry about it then they would just be kind of like all right yeah let's just send it out so it's more likely that he's still alive. What if he ends up finding the Mandalorian in the show? He's hey. like, hey, wait a minute. We thought yeah. he was dead. And then he comes out of nowhere and it's like the two of them in their Mandalorian armor and they're like fighting because that'd be rad. That would be rad. Super rad. That would be. <laughs> yes. My eyes lit up when you said that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, the only other things I could think of would be something around maybe the charred remains of Darth Vader's sure. costume. or yeah. costume. He's His. the one who finds the left over armor something and sells it to a highest bid who knows who knows i don't know anyways goes and leaves it on the cloud city generally speaking a rumor like this wouldn't pique my interest so much if it weren't for the part about them not sending out the screeners yeah so they're clearly indicator they don't want anybody yeah they're trying to hide something so anyways we'll see what it is a couple more quick star wars notes um uh, there was a report excuse me there was a point recently that the Cassian Andor series that was going to be on Disney Plus was in major trouble. That it was probably not going to go forward. Yeah, um, scary. The writer from Rogue One, uh, Tony Gilroy, came back apparently and has saved the series via his pen and paper, 
or his laptop in his fingers. Close um, call. So, uh, good news. I, this is for me. I know a lot of people are super excited about the Cassie and Andor thing, I'm especially excited. compared to, well, you and I are, but we're, I, we're us. Aren't I people? You. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, we're excited for it. But yeah. I think compared to the Mandalorian and the Obi-Wan series, sure, sure. this takes a distant third yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, totally. But it's a it's a space in time in mm-hmm. the Star Wars timeline mm-hmm. that I really would like to see. Yeah, um, and involving characters that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And we have that we've really only gotten a little bit. Yeah. Of. This whole I- the whole idea of um, people actually being because uh, if, if you recall part of the back backstory for casting Andor is that his, his parents, his family were actually uh, empire sympathizers. That's right. Yeah. So, um, this idea that there were, you know, people in the galaxy who were like all for the empire, yeah. like Woo, well, empire, yeah. we're into the, it. The, the Nazis got to power for a reason. Yeah, it's true. I, it's a, it's just an interesting thing to think about in the star Wars universe. Yes, so we'll see. Absolutely. Um, and then last but not least on the star Wars front, um, a, a very heavy rumor that Joel Edgerton is going to return as Uncle Owen in the Obi Wan series. Two thumbs up. I think that's super cool. I love the fact that a now very famous actor who was not very yeah. famous when he was in yeah. the uh, in those movies to begin with. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, is coming back. Just I, he's apparently good friends with Ewan McGregor, yeah. which is cool. Great, and he's a good actor. He's very a good, good actor. fantastic actor. Very good yeah. actor. So it'll be interesting to see if if Uncle Owen gets a little bit more shine because cool. you know. The way he's been portrayed. The wizard's just a crazy old he's man. He's a crazy old man. Um, moving on to Marvel things. Uh, this is a bit of a uh, an unfortunate, well, I shouldn't say unfortunate thing because we don't know all the facts, but uh, there was a report um, that uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner's ex-wife, um, a, he alleged that uh, Jeremy uh, uh, threatened her with, a, with murder, <laughs> that he threatened to kill her and then kill himself, um, held a gun to his own head, uh, fired his gun in the house with his child in the house, um, again, I should state that none of this is substantiated. It's all rumor at this point. It's all um, allegations at this point. So no one knows if it's necessarily true or not. Um, but it's very serious, very serious allegations <laughs> against against uh, Jeremy Renner. Um, and uh, as far as Disney is concerned, um, there was a report that they considered replacing him for mm-hmm. the Hawkeye television show, mm-hmm. um, but that they've made the decision to keep him on, to keep going with him. So... Um, I don't know what that means necessarily um, in, in to, to Jeremy Renner's credit. He has not um, backed down from his, his, uh, his own innocence. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when these things come out, you hear radio silence and yeah. oftentimes it's because it, you can't get caught out lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so hopefully these things are not true. Hopefully, you know, um, yeah, let's just hope these things aren't we'll true. We'll hope for the best. We'll hope for the best. Yeah, uh, but it's a it's a touchy situation. Disturbing. It is either it, way. It is a disturbing thing to hear, and it's it's a it's you know hopefully not true. So we'll see. Um, we talked earlier about Deadpool. The writers of the Deadpool movies um, have reportedly spoken to the powers that be at Marvel Disney, and according to them, they are willing to let Deadpool stay R rated. In Disney productions. Time to make the chimichangas. <laughs> um, I, I'll believe it when there's an official announcement. Yeah. But if true, 
It's pretty cool. If you're Kevin Foggy, wouldn't you want it to be R-rated? Of course you would. Yeah. Of course you would. Why mess with a thing that works so well? Yeah, it makes sense. Also, I think that it's interesting. I mean, the thing that caught my eye about this immediately was just that it's Disney and then R-rated in the same title. Mm -hmm. So that's something that stands out as like, okay, here's a company that's just like ready to move forward and be like, we don't have to adhere to everything that everybody believes that we're supposed to be or that we have been up to this point. So good for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even if it... Even if it turns out that they sort of spin off a, a separate studio mm-hmm. to to be the 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 figurehead, the masthead sure. for these things, Whatever. fine, I don't care. Okay. Like the Miramax thing back yeah. in the day, whatever. Bring it on, it's cool. Um, so hopefully that that's true. Um, uh, there was a report also that the Black Widow movie that's coming out next year, early next year, uh, may launch an actual franchise, mm. um, a la sort of Ant Man or Iron Man, where there will be multiple movies of the uh, be about Black Widow two oh, okay. and a Black Widow three. I'm not sure how we'll make that work. Yeah, um, I think it could be really interesting if it's the Yelena Belova version of the character. Sure. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm all for more female fronted. Uh, Marvel movies yeah so definitely we'll see what happens there and interestingly um, the Black Widow movie is being at least partially produced by Scarlett Johansson's production company awesome so she's got a hand she's got a heavy hand in that which is cool yeah Um, that's the guy hand you want an interesting note since we're sitting here doing a podcast (laughs) um, and uh, what (laughs) since when <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> you just thought we had these microphones like, what? for no reason. This is a microphone? <laughs> People listen to this? I was wondering why you were talking so loudly. Exactly. Um, so I just uh, really like to enunciate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a, uh, a very successful uh, Wolverine uh, podcast yeah. that Marvel produced. That's true. It was uh, on Spotify. Yeah, it was on Spotify. I've heard it's great. I haven't heard it yet. I haven't it's listened to it yet. Interesting. I've heard it's very good. But they're moving. They're working on several more podcasts. It's like the Long Good Night, I think. Yeah, the Long Good Night. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're wor- they're working on a whole bunch more, uh, including Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Star Lord. Cool. To begin with. Yeah, it's more. I mean, it's more like a, a serial. It's like it's going back to the old days of like right. radio serials, right? Yep. Where they would just tell stories in voices and things like yeah. that. Like the cool. shadow, you know, the cool. shadow. It's just another way. It's just, it's just another way for Marvel to just keep themselves top of mind yeah. for everyone. Totally. Hey, you're in your car. You can't watch a movie. Yep. Can't read a comic book. Yep. Listen to this. Cool. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we got it for you. Yeah. Got you covered. Got you covered. Uh, and then the last Marvel note on my list today, uh, a very fun Sort of a bittersweet note, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so uh, Marcus and McFeely doing interviews, as Marcus and McFeely do, talked uh, at length about the idea that Nova, the Richard Ryder version of Nova, was going to play a very big role in Infinity War and Endgame. Um, their their take on it was that early, early versions of the script had uh, Richard Ryder, uh, when Xandar is destroyed by Thanos uh, in his quest for the... Power Stone, um, absorbing the world mind, the Xandarian world mind, right? Which he does in the comics. He has yep. that in the comics, um, and it would have been voiced by Glenn Close, cool, who was in the Guardians right. Guardians First movie, Guardians yeah. One, yeah. Um, so that would have been very cool, and he would have actually had the role that Hulk had in terms of being the herald to Earth oh, of the coming of Thanos. Yeah. You know, so in the comic books, it's the Silver Surfer. Right. Silver Surfer is the one who crashes through the Sanctum Sanctorum yeah. and is tells people that Thanos is coming and all that kind yeah. of stuff. In, in, the, in the movies, it ended up being Hulk after um, uh, What's-His-Nuts 
throws him through the rainbow bridge and uh yeah, yeah. Heimdall Idris Elba Heimdall yeah. <laughs> when Heimdall throws him out and and Idris yeah Idris yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, um that would have been really interesting and he would have obviously played a big role from then on cool because he would have had the power he would have had all the the Nova power that you would right. associate with that character. But it would have been strange to see him at the beginning of the film just be like, oh, here's Nova now. I guess. I guess. I get I get why he's not in there. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of things to tackle in a, mm-hmm. in a huge, already huge movie. Yeah, I would have I, been. I, I showed you that, the, was it like a concept photo or it was like a, a brief, like someone took like a kind of a snapshot of like what Nova would have looked like if yeah. he was in the movie. Yeah. It, it came off as some kind of like leaked footage that almost made it in or something. Yeah. But it looks awesome. It does look awesome. Whatever it is. It yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So I think the one thing that's clear is that Nova is very much a character that they're going to explore yeah. soon yep. in the MCU. I'm so looking forward to Very it. much looking forward to that. Uh, moving over to the DC side of things, uh, the Joker is the train that will not stop. Uh, obviously talking about the Joker movie, the Joaquin Phoenix movie. I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. I know. I feel bad. I've, yeah. I uh, I need to find the time to get around to doing that. But um, it's a it's a juggernaut of a movie. Uh, it's the highest grossed art highest grossing R rated film ever, passing Deadpool. It passed Deadpool. And our friend, our good friend, everyone's good friend, Ryan Reynolds, had a really hilarious uh, response to that. Um, so he posted he posted this picture on Instagram. Um, and it, <laughs> it's so what it is is it's a shot from the movie where uh, Joaquin Phoenix is uh, dancing on the steps in Brooklyn, and <coughs> excuse me. And it, the Ryan Reynolds wrote in the Instagram post it said R-rated box office congratulatory congratulatory posts aren't like the ones you're used to. And it just says, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, there's a list below. It says, love, Deadpool, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> uh, uh, Pennywise. <laughs> it says all like all these R-rated movies that were like on the list of highest grossing That's R-rated movies. It reminds me of like all of the uh, the letters that get passed to like highest grossing films, right? So like if you look at like the history of highest grossing films, there's like a letter from like Spielberg to... Uh, Lucas from when Jaws and then it was Star Wars and mm-hmm. then it was Lucas to Spielberg when it was uh, Jurassic Park or Jurassic, I don't even remember I what think it was. was something like that but then it was like Avatar and there's yeah. all these other movies right and they, they constantly send each other letters congratulating them for beating the, yeah. the, bu- the breaking uh, records yeah. yeah the record but then it's always like a cool illustration to go with it right mm. um, this is really <laughs> tasteful and funny it's so Ryan Reynolds <laughs> it, I mean everything that Ryan Reynolds does is awesome and this is no exception um uh going speaking of the joker uh this is such a messed up story it's so ridiculous but so yeah i'm curious i'm i'm questioning the validity of a lot of it but also like i don't i guess i don't care that much. i don't care that much either (laughs) but it's worth noting so jared leto obviously who played the joker in the suicide squad um the grill joker grill joker tattoo joker emo joker whatever you want to call him um, he apparently allegedly had his people try to kill this Todd Phillips, try to try to kill this Joker movie yeah. in his tracks because so he didn't want to have it made. Right. Um, he didn't want to see it made. Right. Um, cause he wanted, he wanted to keep playing the character. Right. Um, of course he did. yeah, of course he did. And, and, and I will, in his slight defense, it's cool that an actor of Jared Leto's quality is so uh, enamored with a character that he would try to go out of his way to have a movie killed. That's something. It's something. 
Um, but the reports are now that he's done playing. The, he won't show up in the new Suicide Squad movie. Yep. Um, he won't show up in any subsequent Warner Brothers movie. He's just done with the character. I think that that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I think so, too. People didn't react very well to his version of it. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, on happier DC news, Patter Jan- Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman, has a tease that we are in line for the first Wonder Woman 1984 trailer in early December at Brazil's CCXP Comic-Con. Sweet. Can't wait. That's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. Yeah, I was kind of wondering how long it was going to be before we got one. But yeah. that's uh, exciting to hear that it's going to be before the end of the year. Yeah, super, super excited. And she also confirmed that Pedro Pascal, who yeah. is shown in a in one still shot, that's still right, image yeah. from the, is going to play Maxwell Lord. Cool. Noted DC villain Maxwell Lord. Right. So he starts off as kind of like a ally of Yes, he starts off as an ally of the Justice League. He's like a billionaire. Industrialist. Rich, rich guy. Yeah. He plays the plays the ally role but then you find out that there's more sinister things going yeah on. he's got mind control powers yeah. um the biggest storyline he's he's involved in in the comic books he uh mind controls superman that's right and superman is busy wiping people out yeah and in order to stop him wonder woman has to break his neck yeah so i'm wondering if she's gonna take some notes from when superman breaks zod's neck yeah, probably. Perhaps. I just wanted to slip that in there because it was the first thing I thought of. Perhaps. But yeah, no, I, I'm curious to see how that goes. Obviously, Pedro Pascal. Yay. Yeah, he, he can't get, can't go wrong with Pedro Pascal. He's yeah. freaking fantastic. He's the Mandalorian. He's so good. He's <laughs> so good. He's, yeah, he's great in everything. Um, And I have no doubt he'll absolutely smash it. And this yeah. is a character, you know, it, it's, um, you know, Jesse Eisenberg totally ruined Lex Luthor. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, well. It wasn't Jesse Eisenberg's fault. True. Yeah, it's right. It's he more. Shouldn't it's, have been there. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's more Zack Snyder's fault. I'll give you that. But um, Maxwell Lord is is one of the DC villains that I most wanted to see on film. Yeah. Because he he, a lot of the DC villains are your dark side esque villains. Sure. Right. Doomsday. Pretty clearly bad yeah. dudes. Maxwell Lord is is much more of a um, conniving, interesting to mm-hmm. watch. You know, because you don't know what side he's playing, yeah. that kind of thing. Or you maybe do know what side he's playing, but he plays it in such a way that, um, you, I wouldn't say you sympathize with him. Yeah. But it's just, again, I'm going to go back to my favorite word of all time. It's just compelling yeah. to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see that. interesting villains. Yeah. I'm also very interested to see the Black Adam movie. We've talked yeah. about multiple times on yep. the show. Uh, rock the uh, Adam Yeah, d- Dwayne, uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Adam Black the... Dwayne Adam Black the Rock Adam Black Dwayne. the Dwayne Adam mm. so yeah <laughs> yeah so uh he confirmed that uh production is going to start in July of next year sweet so here we go cool ball is rolling and, and that is that for sure going to be him and Hawkman the Hawkman thing is still a rumor okay. as far as I know okay um but we'll see we'll see I hope we we both Fingers hope. crossed yeah I hope he's at least in it yeah I think I'd be like I, I, I yeah I'm just. I just really want Hawkman. I mean, I'm as excited as I am just to have Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing Black Adam. I want Hawkman really yeah. bad. So who would you like to see play Hawkman? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I don't know who I who I could see in that role. Maybe. Um. It'd have to be somebody who can kind of play like that. That kind of like old soul, I guess, because he's a he's a character from like ancient Egypt. Um. But then he's but he's like you know gone through so many different time periods right yeah so, uh, i don't know i uh, whoever it is i hope that they can they can pull it off really well and that they they uh make it look really cool 
and give them a friggin' battle axe to destroy stuff with. Yeah. I could see he's not he's kind of short. That yeah. might be the only problem. Taron Edgerton? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be kind of cool. You know, he does the scruffy thing. Yeah. He's kind of a hard ass. Yeah, but if, isn't he going to play Wolverine? He might play Wolverine. People want I mean, him to play I, both, People I definitely guess, want him to play Wolverine. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll see. Could be could be very interesting. Uh, last couple of notes here. Just a couple other things to get to before we wrap things up. Uh, Taika Waititi uh, gave an update on the Akira movie he's working or Akira. Sorry for the whatever for the uninitiated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just I think that's just how they pronounce it in Japan. Sure. <laughs> I want to be. Hey, I, I want to be respectful. Well, that's you know, fair. Yeah, you're, you're not getting it wrong. Yeah. Either way. So, anyways, he gave an update on the movie. Uh, produce going to be produced by Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, production company. Yeah. Um, apparently there's just been some script delays and they're having a hard time getting the story just right. So it's probably not going to happen until after Thor four. That's fair. It's so a we've, very complex story. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they really want to get it right. That's, that's okay with me. That's cool. So we won't see that for several more years now. Um, and then a sad note for, for fans of cowboy bebop, um, and we're people who are excited for the Netflix series they're going to do about that. Um, John Cho, who is starring in the film or starring in the film, starring in the series on yep. Netflix. Yep. Uh, he suffered a pretty major uh, knee injury. That's right. Uh, on set. So, uh, they shut down production for up to nine months. And, and if, if you know anything about those kinds of knee injuries, probably a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, hopefully they get him a good stunt double. <laughs> they, did they say specifically like what happened? No, uh, you know, um, I mean, I'm assuming that it was some kind of like acrobatic, whatever kind of thing. But. It's interesting. There have been a lot of these lately. The bond thing. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. Um, and then there were all these rumors that Ruby Rose playing Batwoman on the yeah. show, like almost paralyzed herself. Like, major back injury are they like is it just from like actors being like no i want to do my own stunt on this yeah that maybe what's happening or is it just so uh the report here says incident took place during the last take of what was described as a quote routine and well-rehearsed scene during filming in new zealand that's all they're saying okay show was transported back to los angeles for surgery and extensive rehabilitation it's too bad they just did a literally like there's a i think in that article too there's a like behind the scenes uh clip that netflix included it's just like you know production or like on the set kind of thing mm-hmm. and they see the whole cast and then at the very end of the the clip it's it you find out that the camera's being carried around by uh the corgi uh ein uh, the Corgi. He's like the super intelligent Corgi. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he ends up sitting at the table with the rest of the cast, and it's very cute. That's great. Um, but yeah, no, that's a bummer. I, I'm I'm really curious to see way more about this show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes to to get him back in shape, yeah, uh, sp- speedy recovery to him. Yeah. So uh, fans of classic Japanese anime will have to wait a while. Yeah. For these things, unfortunately, yeah. it's not like we're going to be uh, lacking in. Oh my god! Anime anytime soon. Oh my god! Well, I'm gonna check here. I think, I think we managed this in right at two hours. Nice. And I think I said at the start of the show this was gonna be way longer than that. This is pretty long. I don't know how we managed to pull that off. I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of us. Yeah. Good, good, pat on the back. Yeah. Pat's pat, on the back. Pat, pat's on the back. <laughs> pat's on the back. Um. So, anyways, uh, yeah, it, it's been a it's been a crazy crazy week. Um. I'm not sure what's going, if there's anything really in the offing between now and our next show, but we'll see. Um, in the meantime, go watch the Star Wars trailer yeah. a, bazillion a bazillion more times. More times. Get all the feels. Yeah. Um, and we're, we are running up very soon here on the launch of Disney+. Plus. Yep, that's true. So we let me look at here. One, one 
uh, based on the when we were recording this, we're actually uh, two weeks and a day from the launch of Disney Plus. Cool. Yeah, that's no time at all. No time at all. So uh, yeah, and obviously we'll probably be doing uh, uh, episode reviews yep. of that show. Yeah, Mandalorian. Why is it I always end this show on a very sort of like rambly? I don't know how to close these things out because we don't have a closing statement. But that's fine. <laughs> We're also, it's also two hours in, we had two beers. I also spend way too much time on the intro. I mean, that's, that's okay. The intro is like the really important part. I guess. I mean, I think this has been a great episode. It's, it's been We've good. had a lot of really good news. There's some, like some somber stuff. Yeah. Don't be, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But I feel like for the most part, like I'm feeling really good about like the, the nerddom, the geek culture that we're in right now. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of really good things happening. Um, I think I've said before on this show that I have just like been waiting for the uh, the switch to like DC good stuff happening, and so that seems to be maybe where we're headed. Maybe so I'm 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 pumped. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad sounds oh like it could God. be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it look, Wonder Woman, the Batman, where they're going with Joker, or like villain movies, mm-hmm. like, Birds of Prey. Yeah. yeah. Like this is this is all good news to me. So. Let's wait and see. I and guess. then coming soon at the end of the year, that uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover oh, yeah, on true. the, the yeah, CW, which just looks more and, and more I, bananas. Yeah. And they, I just saw something. Wasn't it something about the Superman from that or the, the, the Superman from Supergirl is going to be like in his own spin-off and Superman show. and Lois Lane show. Yeah, yeah. Which I remember quite fondly watching uh, Lois and Clark. Yeah, absolutely. Like that yeah. was a, that was a show I watched on the regular. It was a great show. It was a great show. I, I, the more you hear about the Infinite Crisis thing, the more it sounds it, wild. Wow, they're talking about bringing the Titans characters in. Cool, like all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, why not? So do it. Anyways, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll close out there because we could just keep talking about things. But uh, as In- infinite endings, <laughs> as always, um, I have been Adam. That has been Andy, and this has been the Hella Nerdy Podcast. Uh, until next time, stay Hella Nerdy. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow us on Instagram at Hello Nerdy Podcast. I like it. It's weird. It is weird. But I like it. Okay. I think, yeah, I think I like it too.